is not for the faint of heart. If somebody told you I was just your average ordinary podcast, not a care in the world, then somebody lied. It is incredible watching this, how gentle he is. David, you texted me maybe rewatching this a year ago and you were like, it is stunning to watch it again and realize, oh, he's just like, he's doing the ice storm thing. Right. He's, he's not like, I need to be a movie star in a conventional way. I need to be an action star. You're right. I need to amp up the like sort of megawatt wise guy charisma or whatever it's true he you're right he does not uh pull out any of those cheesy bag of tricks kind of things oh i'm spider-man yeah that I'm opening mcguire i'm spider-man I, look i really like this movie and i was so charmed rewatching it but it is crazy that it does that opening where it's like my story well, it's not for the faint of heart i'm yeah. like what the fuck are you talking no about? you know why i like it david <laughs> do you know why i like it please tell me because i like it too it does feel like something Stan Lee would pull off. 100%. Especially Stan Lee, in an amazing right? fantasy style omnibus where it's like, we got to hit the ground running, explain very quick. We don't have a lot of time for this origin. It also sounds like a Sam Raimi movie. It sounds like Army of Darkness. It this does. is true. It does. It's, 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 it's a good example of, of why the fit is right. But that's why I like that Bruce Campbell's like, who am I? How did I end up here? <laughs> yeah. And Tom McGuire's like, who am I? <laughs> This no, story is the not vibe the, is different. That it's is not true. for the faint of heart. This I mean, story, this story might shock and amaze. The Maguire performance. It's funny how. Oh man, there's so much to talk about with this movie. With this movie, yeah, like it's funny how hyped I was. Yep. as a 15, 16 year old when this movie's coming out, just about as hyped as I've ever been. Right, for any that, film, like I will say, an actor I loved from Pleasantville yes. and The Ice Storm, and you know what else? Cider House Rules, I yeah. guess. I'm trying to think. What were the other? Sort of Toby. Uh, uh, Wonder Boys. Wonder Boys. Yeah. Like, where I was like, yes! Like, yeah. Great casting. Yeah. And I, I love this performance. Yeah. And I think he is sort of, much like Keaton, he does kind of remain like, hey, he did it first and he did it special and we yeah. love that. But then it became kind of like, but why isn't Peter Parker like a wisecracker? Like right. he's in the class. You know, there was eventually that backlash of like, he needs, and that's of course the Tom Holland performance is so manic and up. Right. And, and Garfield's was right. too, right? And Which Toby's felt not that acrobatic that. and he didn't do that much of the stuff. Right. The you, come you on. Someone who's and now you watch and you're like, God, this is such a special thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. And even when he freaking showed up in the new one and I haven't seen him in a movie in like eight years. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this going to work? And I'm like, oh, he's doing the same performance. He's, he's still, still doing the, same the gentle guy. thing. Yeah. yeah. He, he still had it. The continuity of it's pretty incredible. It is. I don't remember if I've told this story before or not. But I, I took my little cousin who's five to see No Way Home and he's like a Spider-Man obsessive. Uh-huh. And it's very fascinating that he's like <laughs> What is that like? I know, right? What a weirdo. Wait, but he's only five? He's five. How how much Spider-Man can he fit in at the age of five? I mean, I was he, I was all in way yeah. before that. I mean, I, I've always, but anyway, okay, he's a Spider-Man. I think obsessive. he's five. He's either five or six. Well, I'm not challenging you on his age. I'm sure. just wondering how much Spider-Man he's been able to see. You Maybe know? he's six now. 
But he he like understands like Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland. Like he understands that they were three separate he gets, franchises. Sure, sure. The sure, Holy right. Trinity. He knows each right. guy by their name. The Father, he the Son, the Holy Ghost. The first two or the second two. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. which Spider Man two are you talking about? Like right, all that right, shit. Right. And he, I took him to see No Way Home because his mom did not want to. Sure. And fair. He, he was like jealous. He was like, I heard you've seen Spider-Man. I was like, yeah, bro. It came out like three months ago. Sure. And then I realized like, oh, your mom just doesn't want to take you. I'll take you. Right. And I took him to see it. And he's like asking me my opinions on Spider-Man and the different movies and whatever. And I realized at some point he genuinely doesn't know that the other two guys are in it. Oh, right. Like he, of course, he's five years old. He's not on Twitter. But he knows who they are by name. He understands like those ones came first and then these ones came later. And then I was going to happen. And then Tom Holland got cast. (laughs) Right. Right. Right? Right. Right. (laughs) Like he does understand that. And like two hours in, when you get to like uh, Aunt May saying great power, great responsibility, he kind of turned to me and he was like, is it almost over? And I was like, right. Jesus. Well, honestly, what two I hours in right. that movie, I was kind of right. like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I had to be like, George, I think you're really going to like what happens next. Mm-hmm. And then she died and he was like, that, that's the thing you thought I was going like, to <laughs> You're going to no. love this, buddy. Right. Right, and yeah. then you see like J. John Jameson being like menace. And he's like, that's the thing. And I was like, no, just I'll tell you when the thing's going to happen. And portal opens up, Andrew Garfield walks out and he goes, what? Like, he j- there was <laughs> yeah, no yeah, yeah. part of him that he even considered that was a possibility. Why would That's you? It's awesome. Absolutely right. nonsense. Incredible. Incredible, right? Yeah. yeah. And then the second portal opens up yeah. and you see a silhouette and he goes, oh my God, it's Tobey Maguire. It's Tobey Maguire. It's Tobey Maguire. It's crazy it's Tobey that Maguire, a five-year-old right? knows the name Tobey right. Maguire. He was like, it's Tobey Maguire, right? A guy who has not been in movies his no. entire yeah. life. Right, right, right. Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah. He was like, it's Tobey Maguire, right? And I was like, I don't know, George, is yeah. it? And he was like, it's Tobey Maguire. It's Tobey Maguire. And then Tobey Maguire walks into the light and he goes, it's Tobey Maguire, but he's old? Well, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Leave the man alone. He's, so like, brutal. Take that, Toby. He's brutal. 46. Yeah. You know, he's doing his best. But it was funny that he didn't understand the passage of time. Like, right. he was like, what's the character choice here? Like, why are they making him old? Why man? is he not right. walking out of 2002? Right. Yeah. And it was like, for how much, I think one of the things that people like to rag on with a little bit of distance of like, it's a thing that happens. Every time a superhero gets recast, people are like, already? Again? Do we need another one? And then they immediately turn to, well, what are the things that the last guy didn't pick up? Sure. If you have a character that's been around for 75 years, no one's going to capture every element. So you're like, what do we want to correct in the next one? Right. And it was always, Toby was too old. Toby was too old. Didn't read as a high schooler. And, and I guess. And he wasn't right. funny. Didn't, wasn't, he wasn't that was funny. the other thing that he quippy. didn't, you know, quippy. he's not. He's just not. No, he's he just was not playing the soap opera romanticism yes. of right. Peter Parker. Right. But it was funny that to George, it was like, uh, I don't know if I should say my, my whatever. Well, you don't said it like eight times. I know. No one knows what his last name is. Sure. Uh, Clinton of Parliament Funkadelic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny that to him it was just like, oh, Toby's like a kid, and now he's old. Sure. That I do think there's something in this performance where you're like, he is playing a boy, and even though he's he not is. realistically I mean, look, looking like a teenager, you, you accept it. He looks okay in this one. He, the, he the later ones, the later he ones definitely starts yeah. to look too old. I mean, but I this have, one, he's fine. I, I have no problem with it because it is of a piece of this movie Same. that feels like throwbacky, and yeah. it's not, you know, Hollywood would cast yes. 20 year olds. It is funny when it's it's him, Dunstan, Manginello, and like, you know, especially Joe Manginello, where you're like, this guy's supposed to be what seventeen yeah. years old. This guy like owns a home <laughs> at this point. <laughs> he has a mortgage. He's got a mortgage. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, is, I don't care. Dunst is like twenty when they filmed this. She's no, like, she was younger. She like turned eighteen while they were shooting it. 
Let's wow. see. Yes, that's right. She was, yeah. She was like maybe 90. She was born in 82. Okay. Uh, and Toby They mentioned that in the commentary. I don't want to make it seem like I just know no, Kirsten I, uh, Dunst's birthday. Actually kind of crazy. Toby McGuire is seven years older than her. Yeah. Yeah, he, right. But he really, he was so boyish. Yes, that's the you thing. Know, that oh, was, totally. Yeah. The voice helps him a lot. As much yeah. as I was doing my parody, it's like that helps him a lot that he did have such a, his voice never dropped. No, never really has. Right, I and guess. he's got such a boyish face and that sort of like puppy dog energy. Well, I, yeah, I just wanted to sort of, just wanted to say, it seems like based on the conversation thus far, the three of you, big Spider-Man fans, really sure. cool guys growing up. Super cool. Yep. Super yeah. cool guys. Yeah, right. yep. nailed it. I just wanted to sort of early on just be a voice on mic representing the people that, you know, Spider-Man's cool. I'm not a fan. Like, I'm You're not, not a I'm fan s- of Spider-Man? I mean, I like them. I like the movies. I haven't seen, though, any of the other franchises. I've only seen this franchise. Well, that's not true. Well, you've seen we the Marvel movies. We watched you watch. We, right, we oh, watched right, them for right. the show. Oh, my God, those are so forgettable. Sorry. <laughs> They're yes. a little forgettable. Uh, yes. Yeah, you're and right. you did see did. the Garfield movie. No. Yeah, which okay. you, you don't need to. to. No. No. No, yeah, there, there's the only reason you might enjoy them is that the tech is so like uniquely bad in them. A lot it's like of really I do lot like of good that. like yeah. L C D screens with nonsense CGI or whatever. A like, lot you know, of bio computers. Yeah, a lot of a lot of that. But <laughs> apart he from bings that, instead of he doesn't use Google, he uses Bing. I yeah, think. he's he binging. He bings the fuck movie. out of everything. Yeah. He bings who are my he parents. Who are, yeah, he's like binging like what is this where is the subway? Like yeah. he has to <laughs> bing. He's looking for his, his Yeah. It's a long story. We don't need to talk there, about it. But his dad has a secret subway station right. underground. There's a secret abandoned subway station where when he figures out what the code is. No, he has to he has to put a subway token into right. a subway token thing and a car, a subway car rises out of An the abandoned ground. Subway car. Wow. I'm glad I know. No memory yeah. of that. Yeah. And I've it feels seen like them. some ninja turtles like this yeah. is like right. right. Remember Blank Man, remember, he hangs out in an abandoned subway station. Yeah, but it's like bad. Like but that, but that's, it's funny. Right. I like yeah, it. I it's, a, it's a good bit. And that's he had a, a That's a bit. On a, on a, an amazing Spider-Man. A not, not a bit. No. Yeah. That was always cool. That but, was one of my favorite ones. Ben's glowing. So Spider-Man, Ben goes, yeah, it's fine. Blank Man, Ben Little. <laughs> <laughs> Blank Man is a movie. Now we're talking. Okay. That guy, that's okay. a superhero. I mean, when, you know, this movie's coming out. It's like superhero movies. Okay, well, yeah. there's been Superman. There's been Batman. They sure. just had an X-Men movie. And then right. you're kind of like, I don't know, Meteor Man? Blank Man? Like, how many others have there been? Right. Blade, no, I guess. Truly. Well, and a, a Steel. Lot of, Steel. Steel. Watch That's out for thing, Spawn. Spawn. A lot of the ones that were done, like Spawn was an A-list character relative to most of the characters that were getting solo movies. Because a lot of them were like, we're not going to burn the big ones. We're going to do Supergirl. Yeah, sure. We're going to do right. Steel. We're going to do, you know, it was like. Well, because that was the thing. It's like now if Warner Brothers is like, we're doing a steel movie, it'd be like every A-list African-American actor is vying for this role. Back then it was like, I don't know. Anyone want to be steel? And everyone was like, no. And Shaq was like, I mean, okay, I'll be in a movie. What's the movie? I I believe it's even weirder than that. I believe it's that Shaq had the Superman tattoo. He had the tattoo. Yes, right. He he loved Superman. And someone algorithmically was like, we should just do that, right? Like, the whole movie was built around him. I, I don't think the film would have gotten made if not for him. Uh, I think you're right. Although I think partly Quincy Jones produced it, and he was also a huge Steel fan. Again, the 90s. Look, th- yeah. things were happening. But this is my point. It was just sort of like, I don't know. If Shaq wants to play Steel, I guess we let that happen as a vanity project. Quincy's behind it, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Very, very strange. Look, we're talking about a guy named Spiderman today. Uh, we are talking about 
Spider hyphen man. I remember the Time Out New York review of this movie. I was so excited the for all Time the Time Out New York review. Wow. Who's it by? I couldn't tell you. I don't know if you want to look it up. I'll baby. try. I don't if think it Time Out exists. has a great yeah, yeah archive. Yeah. yeah, that might but be tough to find. I just remember, also there's been a lot of Spider Man movies. I I so badly was looking for I, I think like many uh, young comic book fans are now the validation of like I want critics to take this movie seriously. Oh my god! As a so thirteen year old, I needed that so oh, badly. You were thirteen. That's I was so much older. It's true. Well, you weren't that much older. You're like a year. I was sixty five. No, I was yeah. twenty one. Okay, okay, you're you're four or five years old. I was sixteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's yeah, two thousand two yeah. summer, so I was twenty one. Yeah. Right. I just remember the time at New York making a big point of the hyphen. It was almost like the master builder, what a difference an A makes, where they go, Raimi is focused on the hyphen in his take on the material. Oh, like the idea being like the space he's between both man and, and spider. Man. Yes. Oh my gosh. Wow. I just remember that that was like, and it was, you know, it was the time at New York. The review was like a paragraph, but they were like, the hyphen is really what That feels kind of like the critic who I now really want to look up who it was being like, what the? Talked is my lead for this. I like, was going like, to say, I was gonna I, say like, he probably wrote it before he even saw the movie. Right, yeah, like what's the angle I can have that no one else can have? Right. And then whoever wrote the New York Times review, I think. A.O. Scott. Yeah, I remember that being like this fucking Defoe thing. Uh, Tom Charity wrote the okay, Time Out. Okay. Can you find the hyphen line? No, okay. but so I don't, but like this may not be from Time Out New York. It doesn't matter. Keep whatever, going. Whatever. I just always remember the hyphen in the name because of that. Uh, oh, I see. So I got you on that tangent just with my little joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Because, uh, of course, I talked about when I worked at the Disney store and you were supposed to put your favorite Disney character on your name tag. I asked for it to be Spider-Man. And I said, don't forget the hyphen. And they said, they're sending it to Disney legal. They're not going to forget the hyphen. And then I got a name tag with no hyphen that made it look like my name was Griffin Spiderman. Like it was uh, just my last name. So, uh, this is Blank Track with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. I'm David. Spiderman. And this is a podcast about filmographies. Directors who have massive success early on in their careers. They're given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear. And sometimes they swing across the New York City skyline. Baby. Rex Reed? Not a fan. No, I'm just looking oh, at the run tomato. Come on. I don't believe that. This year, movies are like botany. Summer blooms <laughs> are opening a month early. He's complaining that it's coming out in May. People like were fearing. A, a very trite oh, complaint so now. Another right? month of this shit? First uh, week of May? Tip of May? Wow. Then Rex Reed swerves into, when I was a kid, I liked Captain Marvel and Superman and considered Spider-Man a bus and truck version of Batman. What? What does that mean? Bus, bus and, and truck? <laughs> Does he call Kirsten Dunst tired? Like I, I feel like a Rex <laughs> yeah, Reed. Eighteen-year-old Dunst is over the hill. Uh, yes, he says. Uh, in, it created to enthrall readers under the age of ten. By ten, I had graduated from Nancy and Sluggo to Archie, Betty, and Veronica. Rex Reed really getting into his comic reading wow. habits as a child. Rex Reed sounding like multiple episodes of our uh, podcast he calls, where we do twenty-minute <laughs> tangents on comic strips <laughs> recently. Calls Toby Maguire Goonie. Uh, what re remarks that their row house in Queens is ugly? I mean, leave them alone. They're, yeah. they're that's his house in salary. Queens. Wow. <laughs> you know, uh, let's see. This is a pretty good review by Rex Reed. I got to say, it's pretty. You know, just sure. just laying punch out punch. all the mustard. Yeah. Um, does like uh, James Franco's recent performances? Jane Dean, James Dean shouts what a that surprise. out. 
<laughs> uh, says the Green Goblin looks like a laminated praying mantis wearing an Islander's mask. Right. Hey, eight, eight, eight out of ten. That's not, that's eight out not of ten wildly burn. inaccurate. No. That's not a bad dunk. It's um, not a bad dunk. Uh, and yeah. says the funniest actor is not Mr. Defoe who hisses like a leaky radiator. J.K. Simmons. Rex Reed. Yeah. Working the body right now, yeah. but J.K. Simmons. Right. Sure. Uh, who has sprouted a full head of hair in a versatile turnaround from his bald sexual predator he plays on Oz. Mostly impressed by the haircut, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I never would have imagined this guy's not bald. He actually grew hair <laughs> somehow. This man, in a feat I've never seen an actor achieve before, uh, willed himself yeah. into... Some people gain weight for roles. Right. He figured out he how to regrow his hair. I'm sorry. Kirsten Dunst, he finally weighs in. I liked her better as a blonde. Oh, boy. Sure. Rex... Cliff Robertson is a warm, nicest uncle a spider ever had, but what can you do with lines like, with great power comes great responsibility? <laughs> was he not supposed to say it? <laughs> it is funny that now that Sorry. is like a line that... the idea that Rex is like, why would anyone say what this in a Spider-Man movie? This with Hulk great thing. power comes great... Get this out of here! Nonsense! It's just funny that there were like five, six movies with Tom Holland in them where people were like, I can't believe they're not saying it. I guess they're never right. going to say it. They're just not going to ever say Someone it. Someone clearly read Rex Reed's review yeah. and was like, listen, guys, yeah. we were way off on this. Yeah. Rex is right. We're not saying it this time. Right. Ever. I just feel like that was a thing that was known. But post this movie, that is like, everyone knows that line. You quote that, you understand that is the Spider-Man line. Sure, of course. It's the, it's the motto. It's, yeah. all, it's all good. Look, we're talking uh, about a very big movie today. I just want to say he then swerves to his Hollywood ending review where he is like Rap lavishing on praise. Right. Best thing Woody Allen's yeah. done in years. Treat Williams, a class, a 40, actor, like, slam dunk. He calls it a 40-carat cinematic jewel. <laughs> Jesus. What? Okay. It's not a but. What did he call it? A bus and truck. Woody <laughs> bus Allen and movie. Truck it's not a bu bus and truck. Woody it's Allen. Not movie. A that is for sure. Woody. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is a miniseries on the films of Sam Raimi. Oh, we haven't even introduced that. Okay, sorry. I was trying, David. Sorry, you keep on going on these. You keep on going on these tangents, and I want to do a really focused episode with no sidebars. A uh, Ben Pinbo soundtrack, action figures, and miscellaneous merchandise. Right, I know I said right. both, but I added a third. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Sam Raimi. That's, uh, that's and the guy. Ben also put a pin in a singular cross promotion, <laughs> singular wireless cross promotion. It's a mini series on the films of Sam Raimi. It's called Podcast Me Today. It's called Podcast Me to Hell. Yeah. Today, we are talking about Speeder Hyphen Man. We're talking about Spider Man, his return to big budget filmmaking, I guess, after. Well, I guess he never really made return a Return to budget. genre film. His return to genre filmmaking. Right. After. Well, the gift is kind of genre, but you know, you know what I mean. Yes, turn no, to yes, pop cinema, less classy movies. Thank God, get back into the popcorn machine, Sam. Uh, a film that changed Hollywood forever, indeed, and In has so shaped the landscape we ways. currently, you know, have in cinema. Right, right? In, in mainstream changed. Cinema. This is it. This changed is the, Hollywood so many ways. This for is sure. the beginning of everything. Okay, I'm. I mean. My interest is peaked. Please yeah. go on. No, because okay. I, I think the big right. thing is... You know I mean, this movie is quite successful then. Yes. I knew that. Yeah, yeah, I right, mean, right. I know it's a huge... It's like, no blank pop, man, but... Right. It's no blank man. Right. It's a huge pop culture thing. Like, I mean, that reached at least our, the millennials, right? It's like our Spider-Man. And I guess, you know, obviously yeah. there's fans that continue to revisit. Yeah, like no, I think it's also getting reclaimed by a lot of the Zoomers. I mean, if if r slash Raimi memes is to be believed. I, I think I think a younger generation has come around to these movies as well. There was a period where I think people were like, these fucking cool. Oh, they ones. were 
right. they were really looked down on for right. a long time. Especially, I would obviously the third movie was poorly received yeah. at the time. But like, I do feel like this movie's reputation had really gone down. Yeah, including very with far me. Down. Like me, in hindsight, I was yeah. like, well, that movie is kind of prototypical, and the second one is the one that's really good. Yeah, right? and yeah. and that, but all of them are like the reputation was they're hokey. Right. Yeah, right. They're right. cheesy. Big they're too sincere. There's no on too thick. Yeah, there's no, no, no comedy. No, no, no yeah. comedy. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Which is funny because these movies are so much more comedies in genre than any of the later Spider-Man films, but they were like, but Spider-Man isn't funny. Like, right. he's it's not true. A these stinker. movies are like old Hollywood comedies. This is, you of. and I were texting about it. Like, like they're, they're like They're MGM like Vincent musicals. Minnelli movies. Right. They're yeah, like yeah, Stanley yeah. Donen films. Like they're old MGM musical comedies, they feel like. And, and now, of course, right. Now, most superhero movies are quite serious and grounded. Not all. I mean, there's so many fucking superhero movies that you can. But, but like, the way that in which they're funny is very different than this. Yeah, and even the new the new Holland one, you talked about it. How like he Holland for the first chunk of that press tour was like, this is like the saddest, most serious Spider Man ever. Yeah, I cried making it. And at a certain point, apparently Sony was like, can you chill out? Yeah, <laughs> say it's fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're bumming everyone out. Like, and yeah, you know, it does have that tone of like this is important and serious, and this has the right tone. I think that yeah. is not goofy or uh, flippant about the source material, but is... We were watching it the other night, and we were texting about it, and we were just like, this fucking tone. You cannot believe that this was his take, that they approved it, and that he executed it from beginning to end. And I think I always liked this movie with some reservations. I think even when I went to see it, like, amped up to the fucking nines, I was like, it's not a masterpiece. It, it like, has magic in it. It's got some stuff really right. Only it's, like, you know, I, I rewatching the trailers, you forget how much more they tried to sell it as being like cool and badass. The ultimate spin. Right. 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 And like the trailers use the, the fucking Matrix score. Just at the right at the start. I know. I know. But then what do they use? Then what do they use? I just rewatched dun, them. Dun, dun, dun. Not that though. I want to take you for a Well, that cause... they they do use yeah. Leave You Far Behind <laughs> by... um. Fucking what do they call it? Which was also on the Matrix soundtrack. Yes, uh, but they also used Danny Elfman's Planet of the Apes score, oh, which is right. funny. Weird. I probably just a Lunatic Calm. Sorry, is the name of the band? Wow, behind. I needed oh, that to was get the that last right. time I was yeah. on Blank Check. This is a Planet weird, of the Apes. That's weird. right. This weird. is a weird well, coincidence. You love Elfman. I, that's scores. the only. Yeah, that's that's yeah. my thing. Yeah, that's uh, what my tattoo says. Our guest today is Matt Singer, by the way. Wrote the book on Spider Man. Wrote the book on Spider Man. A book on Spider-Man. what is the full property? The only one. <laughs> Uh, it's Marvel's Spider-Man colon from amazing, the, the, to, from spectacular. amazing to spectacular yes. colon the definitive comic art collection. I'm glad I clarified you're a fan of Spider-Man. Yes, <laughs> I, I mean I am. Ben uh, read with embarrassment. Uh, producer Ben <laughs> actually embarrassed, uh, not playing it up. Uh, uh, I have to ask: in titling that book, did you ever? regret the fact that Marvel never came up with a Spider-Man comic that uh, had a Z in the title. So you could call it like from amazing to zany. That would have been better. Spectacular sure. doesn't quite take you to the yeah. end of the alphabet. I didn't, I did not title the book. The book had a million titles sure. that were the publisher uh, ended up picking, picking that title. Okay. But you're right. It would work a lot better. I have thought about this. The zany adventures. Right. Of from amazing to yeah, spectacular. Z- yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, w- it would make more sense. Yes. So, so Matt, you like Spider-Man? Yes. 
Spider. I also like Spider Man. Spider sounds like Griffin likes Spider Man. Love him. He's one of my best friends. I would say. Um, and we were all Spider Man fans Mm -hmm. when this movie came out. I don't think I'd ever seen a. mm, I had seen The Gift because I actually saw The Gift in theaters. Yeah. I don't know that I'd seen another Sam Raimi movie in oh, 2002. Oh, we, we had a very different, I may, maybe different I, experience. I, yeah. I must have seen at least a couple of the Evil Dead. Yeah, I guess I had just seen That's those. my thing. I'm yeah, trying to remember. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think I'd seen like A Simple Plan or Quick and right. the Dead oh. or those. I'm trying to remember if ones. I rented them right before or right after this. You were I, a little older. And you're a freaking Kim's Video Guy. You were uh, Well, I yeah. wasn't there I, yet. I know you weren't. <clears> yet, but I, I mean, I had the experience where I saw when I saw Spider-Man, it was like basically my favorite director making my favorite yeah. character. So yeah. it was a mind-blowing event. Hearing, I guess the internet. How did we hear that Sam Raimi was making Spider? This is what I'm trying to remember. Yeah, it was this, the, yeah the internet. I think yeah, I because mean, the internet was yeah. Big for, so for me, like a couple of I guess two years before this, I was in college. I I had never seen a Sam Raimi movie, and then. I was the biggest nerd at school. Like I had no friends. I had no nothing. And I was convinced. You had nothing? Nothing. I was, I was, I was, I made Peter Parker look really cool from the beginning of this movie. Wait, if somebody told me that you were just an average, ordinary guy, not a care in the world. That person lied. So, but I went on, uh, I went to school at Syracuse and they had on-campus movies and Mm -hmm. they would do a new movie and a midnight movie that was somehow vaguely related. Okay. Sure. And I would just go every week because I had no friends and nothing else to do. Cool. This week. That I went this particular week, they showed the Mummy, or the Mummy Returns. I actually uh, what one of the Brendan Fraser. Yes, yeah, okay, yes, yeah. was not the Dark Universe yet. Sadly, sure. well, I, I mean, it wasn't a a Karloff Mummy or whatever. no, no, no. It sadly, was, it was the Brendan Fraser Mummy, one of those, and the Midnight movie was Army of Darkness, mm. which I hadn't I hadn't a seen. Classic Midnight movie. Yeah, and it was sold out, and. I had like va- only vaguely knew that movie from like comics, from like reading sure. Spider-Man comics. Right. And there was a period when that movie came out. It was the inside cover oh, sure. ad of sure. uh, every Marvel comic for like six they, months. They knew their audience. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. 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 But I'd never seen it. I grew up in New Jersey. No, like I didn't have any cool movie friends. Like it was just. No one was passing and it on VHS. And a, a David to your Griffin. But basically. A no, Griffin I didn't have one. David. I, so the, the movie starts and the audience is potentially drunk stoned they're losing their minds they know every line it was like the you could not ask for a better movie experience right. yeah. ever yeah and it was like a, a bomb went off in my brain and i immediately was like i whoever made this because i didn't know who sam raimi was is like this is my new god right and i immediately just like fell into sam raimi obsession so when the, then when they say sam raimi is making spider-man it's like Right. No, yeah. That that's too good. That's that too can't good. be. It can't be. That can't be right. And so, yeah. So when this movie comes out, I mean, I've never been. I think you said, Griffin, you you were like one of the most excited times you've ever it's been for a movie. Way up there. There's no question. This is the yeah. most excited I have ever been, yeah. and probably will ever be. Were you? Movie. Well, not to go full circle, but it's like the only thing that, not the only one, but like Planet of the Apes is in that tier. It's like the oh, right. I remember the how much you love. Planet of the Apes. Right. And Burton First was your yeah, Toy Story yeah. 2. I feel like those are the ones where I was just like, my sense of self is riding on this movie. Yeah, because you're young enough also that you're right. just like, this has to be good. It or, has to be I good. Mean, I don't know what yeah. I do with myself if this isn't good. Right. Right. So I was a huge X-Men nerd. So yes. the X-Men movie was probably more exciting for me in that, although not that I was like a big Usual Suspects fan. So I didn't have that. But I was truly like, they better nail this. Right. 
This movie, I was a huge Spider-Man fan. Mm-hmm. I think I was calmer about it. I think I was like, this looks good. See, if that makes sense. I was going in fairly confident. I was going to say, I got super amped for X-Men, but I think the fact that I then enjoyed X-Men amped me up more for this. Sure, exactly. that's like, part I think of it. X-Men yeah. was about as amped now as I've been be for a done. movie at that point. Right, they, right. that and was then, like the proof of concept. Right. right. Because before that, there's base, other than Blade, there's no, there like was no Marvel movies yeah. right. at, at all. Those are the only like comic book movies anyone had ever seen and they didn't feel like comic book movies. They felt like something else. Right. But this is this other thing. You have like, Spider-Man, you have Superman and Batman, right? Who, especially at that point in time, are just the two most iconic American superheroes. Yeah, they're famous. And they have been successfully adapted to TV several times. And then they make them work as, you know, modern movies. Yeah. So there's a 70s Superman run and nothing else that tries to imitate that works. And those movies diminish, right? And then you have your 80s into 90s Batman run and none of the movies that try to imitate it work. And then those movies diminish. And it really is like the only two that they will put the muscle behind adapting are the two big guys. Right. You know, that's like, that's all that's going to work. And then X-Men, I think, was such a turnkey in terms of like, this isn't Blade. This isn't Steel. This is like one of the things that we all know. But X-Men has to couch everything they're doing. And like, we're going to make this look like a well, that's the thing. Adult movie. I yeah. felt a grown up. I was okay with it because I was like, yeah, whatever you can do to sneak this. Exactly. In. So like right. Spider-Man here shooting it out of his wrists. Yeah. The webs. Yeah. I, I, I was just like, like, that's fine. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. I was not complaining. No. I was just like, no. it's okay. I, I get that you have to get I everyone on board. The yeah. context that people like younger people today do not understand is that like comic book movies were and comic books in general were looked at as like garbage. Garbage. Sure. Like I, so this is 2002. Right. Bus and truck right. material. Bus and truck material. We, we talked Four about years this. ago, before yeah. this, I'm in high school and I did everything in my power to make sure no one ever found out right. I liked comics and read right. comics. I, would, right. I wouldn't bring them to school. I would hide them. This is like, it was like, absolutely. you know, and this is a time when like pro wrestling is cool. So right. it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, like and, a lot of goofy shit is cool. Yes. But, but, but yeah. comics are like, you don't get caught shit. dead right. with a comic Someone's book. Someone's going to kick right. a sandcastle into your face. People are going to knock my books Kobo. out of my hand right. in the hallway. Right. No one can know. Right. And even after Batman, which is huge, yeah. like by the, ba- Batman doesn't change that because no. Batman and Robin is a goof. Right. I mean, I kind of enjoy Batman and Robin for what it is, I've but it doesn't change the perception yeah. that comics are for dorks, they're right. weird, they're As stupid, they're saying. goofy. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. There was nothing badass about it. And, and then I think X-Men was- And even X-Men, yeah. which is a good good it movie is. for what it is. It but is. they were like, we're going to dress them like they're in the Matrix. They'll wear wet leather. Yes. Right. There's they only going to be a few of them. It, right. It, we're going and they like really tried to Tony with the vibe. We'll hit the yes. Holocaust thing. Right. The civil rights right. thing That's like and all that. That's such a statement of that movie of being like, we're going to lead with- the subtext. The right. stars are British actors in their like late fifties. Like right. those are the names in this movie. Wait, right. what, Ben? What do you want to say? Well, I was just gonna interject and say that I did have a relationship to um, these characters, um, but through video games mm-hmm. and through the animated shows. That's true. There right. was a lot of the cartoons, obviously, and then right, a lot of Super Nintendo games where you're yeah. Spider Man or Batman or yeah. Wolverine so, or whatever. Yeah. I do think that I yeah. felt that same. Like we're both from Jersey. I definitely saw the kids getting their books knocked out of their hands because they had comic books. <laughs> you saw me. Did we go to the same high school? Yeah. Where was- <laughs> I don't know. Was yours underground and just like filled with like shrap metal and just like rusty objects? Ben, no. ben creating an ironclad alibi that he only saw the books getting knocked out of your hand. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't doing it. I witnessed this type of thing happening, of course.
so all, uh, I was just going to say, though, yeah, the animated show, yeah. I think, was like for a lot of kids an access point for Marvel. That's, That's true. true. Yeah. That Saturday yeah. morning Look, show, sure. I think, was really like the way for regular, non, maybe nerdy kids to, well, we to will, access look, those characters. We will dig into the weird development history of this movie across decades, but there's the circular that thing that I talked about before, which is uh, Marvel is like near bankruptcy, uh, but they do the X-Men cartoon and the X-Men cartoon explodes. And it That's like- That's why I got into conflict. Exposes yeah. all these characters on a wider scale, right? People know deep X-Men characters now. This sort of like third tier toy company, Toy Biz, gets the rights for the action figures. And they sell so many toys that when Marvel is on the brink of, of true filing for bankruptcy, Toy Biz buys Marvel. And then the machinery becomes, we have to do a Saturday morning cartoon or a syndicated cartoon of every one of these fucking things and pump out as many figures as we can, as many video games as you can. So the 90s do work as this perfect launching pad to be able to run with these movies when you get to the 2000s because like these characters are all now back in rotation. Right. You're retelling many of the most iconic stories. But yes, I think that was a thing where I was I was so fucking amped for X-Men. And then the fact that X-Men, like that check cleared in my mind. Mm -hmm. And then you start seeing the materials for Spider-Man and you're like, shit, they're just doing the costume? Right. I remember, I mean, I vividly remember the first time I saw like the, you know, the, 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 sh the official press photo of the costume. You couldn't yeah. believe it. And like, it how really it was shocking, especially right. even right. after X-Men, yes. where X-Men's good, but like they're all dressed like the Matrix whole story character. with X-Men yeah. was they were like, we tested the like yellow costume on Wolverine. Absurd, it looked bad. It. Like we right. couldn't do it. It won't right. read like on camera right. at all. Do either of you guys remember when Alex Ross did his like, he, he published, I, I remember reading it in Wizard or Toy Fair magazine or something, but I, I don't know where it originally came from, but he was like, his concept art for this movie. Yeah, he was yeah. like, I have not been hired to do it, but I thought I'm so in the camp of wanting to support this movie that here, just pro bono, are my ideas for how you could update Spider-Man to make these costumes look cool in a modern context. Right. And you were like, what a cool design, but it was still couched in the idea that he was like, they can't just fucking put the suit on screen. Right. I have to make this look hipper. And then they were just like, I, I watched all the fucking special features of everything last night, but they talked so it's much cool. about like a year of just, we know we want to do the suit. The question is just the way to execute it. And it was just the back and forth of like, how raised are the webs? What shade of red and blue? What shape are the eyes? But they were like, there was no question that the big move here was, it's going to be Spider-Man in red and blue right. with the webbing and the big white eyes. And I feel like yes. that was the thing that, when we talk about actually this was a really important movie yes. and like influential, like that was, that was it. It was like, we're not going to pretend that this isn't a comic book. They're like, right. this is a comic book. Cause this is Spider-Man. And then the movie is right. Sure. But yes. Batman didn't. Batman didn't. That's and then the everything that followed that. Absolutely. Was kind of like, mm, and yeah. Superman just has this kind of literary, like, history in a weird yeah. way it's seen as like well that's sort of an important american it's invention right. Right. right right and he is superman right and you right. can start to start couching and spider-man is like i don't know that was the dorky. thing it's the like, important thing is that nerds yeah. have always been treated poorly and that's why we deserve absolutely everything absolutely. coming to us yeah, and yeah. all control over yeah. pop right. culture right. 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 right 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 okay good we all agree <laughs> Right. Yeah, and power is not corrupting us. Absolutely. <laughs> no, of course no. not. Well, Society that's because we've learned that with great power comes great responsibility. Right. And so we would never thing. do anything. This is a thing right. that every nerd on the internet has really taken to heart. Yes. Oh, uh, boy. Um, but uh, I'm just, you know, that's what I was just trying. We can talk about the development of the movie now, but like, I'm just, was just trying to remember that mindset of like, 
this being exciting and new and yeah. different. Yeah. It's it's another universe. It's it like feels, another universe. It's it really kind of crazy does. that it's like in I vi- like how vivid this time is in my mind. Right. But yeah. like I feel like uh, you you know your nephew or whatever yeah. is just going to have no concept of that no. sort of. There was no. nothing like, like these I, I in remember, theaters. I yeah. mean, ain't it cool loading it up and being like, it's going to take five minutes for the photo to load and seeing it go an inch by inch. Oh yeah. When it was like the X Men yeah. costumes being revealed, right? right? Right. And there was that feeling of you were like, huh? And you have to like sit there and really think what you're like. like what I are guess that makes sense. That's okay. okay. I guess yeah. that makes sure. sense. Yeah. And it truly was that thing where when the Spider-Man photo loaded, the promo one I remember was him sort of crouched. Crouched on a corner of a building. It's right. like blue and like the lighting is very like blue and red on him. Right. Yep. And I think that was almost, it was maybe a leak. I remember seeing an ankle. I don't remember if it was official or not, but very soon after that was the teaser posters because they had those a while in advance. And when you were just like, holy shit, the poster is him crawling on a building and it has colors. And the suit looks like that, and you're telling right. me that's and a real guy in there. I, but I wasn't interested in it. But then it told me it would be taken for the ultimate spin, mm. and then I decided I was. interested. This is what's funny to me is they still had to be like, it, "This is cool. This, this is, is like extreme, the, like skateboarding. What are you kids like? <laughs> <laughs> right, like it created the PlayStation Three font. It did, you that know, really mm. ghastly font. Like I get again at the time, I guess it was cool. Yeah, but like nothing about the font in the trailers and stuff. I like the. Um, the title, you know, like the actual Love title it. card of this, like yes. you know, the, the opening credits are nice. Yeah. But when you watch the trailers, Matt and I were talking about this before you showed up, like, it's amazing how much this movie does not really feel tied to the early 21st century at all when you watch the movie. Right. There's little things like... Macy Gray? Macy Gray, the DNA, Some of, you yes. know, mon- yeah. but by and large, it yes. feels... Like- but then the you watch all the marketing and you're like, oh my it's, God, this right, is humiliating. Right. It's sort of amazing and miraculous that yeah. while the marketing and the trailers and the soundtrack is right. like so dated, yes. the movie itself feels so timeless. It feels very it does. Timeless, which is literally really apart from like, like Macy Gray, who I guess now so has amazing. passed into memory. So it's sort of like, who's that? Like, is she a I know, but it, it is just funny where you're like, this was synergistic. Like this yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. just. Well, Unity Day is. World, big, uni- World, World Unity, Unity Day, Day is a big deal. Do you guys have Unity Day plans? I'm going to wear a kimono uh, in honor of Unity Day, yes, of, of course. course. And I'm going to go hang out at the municipal building or whatever. My, go look at the balloons in Times Square yeah. where oh, there's yeah. always big oversized My balloons. My favorite Love balloons. Times Square. Lumberjack, Russian <laughs> dancer. Right. Weird dog. Weird dog. Weird dog. We all know the character. classic character Weird Dog. One of Stan Lee's other favorite creations, yeah. Weird Dog. So... True believers, wait until you meet Weird Dog. Excelsior! <laughs> it's, this I, dog ain't normal. So we all, said. He's a weird dog. How do you get into Spider-Man? Great Spider-Man. question. What's your, how do I, you're a little uh, older than me. Oh, for me, it was The Electric Company. Mm. He was a character on The Electric Company. With Was that when he was with Firestar and uh, his no, amazing that's, friend? No, that's the cartoon. That's, that's Spider-Man cartoon. and his amazing... Yeah. That's right. Spider-Man and his amazing friend. <laughs> right. right. Wait, wait, Firestar and who was the... Oh, was it Iceman. Iceman, of course. Iceman. Right. Right. Fire and Ice. Iceman. And Miss yeah. Lion, the dog. Of course. Yes. Which I, I also definitely watched, but that was a little later. Before yeah. that... So the Electric Company was like this PBS, you know, yeah. show. It was Kid uh, show. Yeah, Morgan you know, Freeman was, like a, was in it. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was like a Easy Reader sister show to Sesame Street, basically. Yeah. And Spider Man had these segments where he was he it was had, the slightly older Sesame Street, right? It was like I feel like Electric Company was sort it's of the seventies. Like, it started no, in the 70s. No, no, no. I mean uh, for slightly older audience. Oh, oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah, like yeah, you're yeah, seven yes. or eight now. You get to watch Electric Company. So yeah. and and and. The whole show was about like teaching kids to read, and so Spider Man mm-hmm. had these. He never spoke, but he would have bubbles, word right. bu- bubbles. Right. So right. it was sort of teaching you to read the thought balloons and word bubbles. Right, exactly. 
And I was just totally smitten with this the look. thing. The look. The th- I mean, right. It had nothing yeah. to do with being a dork or, no, you know, relating cool. to the character. It was just the look of him and everything. And then, yeah, the cartoons and... But like I'm my, trying to remember when when you talk about you know being six and loving Spider-Man, like supposedly my uh, I don't remember this, mm. but my one of my very first words as a child was Spider-Man. Wow, I mean it that's was, a good claim according to my parents, but yeah. it was not Spider-Man; it was Meme. Right, but that was that was how you were. But that shows you how like yeah. young yeah. I was yeah. that Meme was. Spider-Man. It, it is funny. I mean, I feel like we'll talk about this sometimes, David. Where we need to like zoom out from a movie. That we just all take for like given as a given, right? And go like, how insane is it that that worked and that worked, right? And there's that primal element to Spider-Man where you're like, how insane is it that like Stanley cracked this thing of like, here's how to put a relatable human being at the center of a story like this, and at the same time they nailed the costume that hard that he is just so graphically compelling, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, and that, the- that you're almost like there's a version in which you're like, he did this book though didn't sell, but it was the one where he cracked you can put an every man in this situation and then later they came up with this character that looked good but it is it is weird that stanley was like spider-man and like that was the thing that unlocked everything for marvel but but everything that's compelling about his costume doesn't really have to do with spiders i mean there's obviously the webbing but you're like red and blue right yeah i mean and his powers are spidery but then also not you know like or not specifically the spider sense or whatever like you know like and, you know, you, I was, you know, ranting at my wife yesterday where I'm like, you don't understand. There hadn't been a teenage hero. Yeah. It's just like Robin. If you were a kid, you know, like I'm trying right. to like lay right. out like that was revolutionary. This has all been excavated, obviously, countless times. The well, legacy and that of Spider-Man. he was sort of combining like Archie comics with superhero right. comics. Yeah, That's right. the huge. Which when right. you reread them and I, the Ditko run is extraordinary and it still reads so well and it's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so much of it is like, hey, you going to the dance, Peter? You know, like all, all that shit. You <laughs> know, that's what Liz shit. Allen? That's the first girlfriend, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All that. All that stuff. Yeah. No, it's it's uh it's wild, and that's the stuff that Raimi, I think, really has tapped into better than anyone else. Is that feeling of that early run, and like the teenager, uh, you know, full of emotions and all that sort of stuff. Like even in two and three, when he becomes an adult, it still has that sort of Archie feel to it but yes you look at the marketing and they were trying so hard to sell it as like the movie of 2002 and i do remember sitting there in the theater being so excited and 20 minutes in being like this is the tone like not being upset being sort of like amazed that they had been able to hoodwink yeah how did they pull this off i mean that's the thing when you watch it today and it feels so timeless right and it's and then you go look at the trailers and all this ancillary stuff and they're trying so hard to be cool right and the movie is not cool. And I mean no. that as a compliment. But yeah, it absolutely. is not. There is nothing cool about it. And I cool think that's a, one of the reasons why maybe it became less popular yeah, over time. Of is course. That it, it, it doesn't have it's not that a hip like, movie. it's not, right. hip, it's not cool. But then again, Spider-Man isn't cool per No! Se. Obviously, the not Peter be. Parker no. is right. dorky. He should not be cool. Right. And he's supposed to be unlucky and always. Yeah, that is another behind. thing about this movie that's, that's really great is that it doesn't try to make him cool and it doesn't try to make the concept of Spider-Man cool. It believes in the concept. Yes. Sam Raimi desperately believes in the mythology of Spider-Man. When so you talk helpful. about like those, the early Stanley, Steve Ditko comics, like that's one of the things that the, that, that the movie captures is that that belief in with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. I'm very sorry, Rex Reed, but like that no, no, is I mean, the, that is so important to the character. Apologies and, to Rex Reed. I mean, that's the magic of Ditko where he's so crazy. 
He's such a crazy person uh-huh. that he really believes that. That is he's true. writing it. Yes. And then there's, you know, when you, I mean, Steve Dicko is someone I'm obsessed with. And like, you learn about all this stuff where he was like, the Green Goblin should just be an ordinary man. And there should be no, and the, the lesson should be, it could be anybody. And Stanley's like, what are you talking about? It should be Norman Osborne. That'd be a great plot twist. Like, so that kind of like fire and ice of those guys is crucial to Spider-Man yeah. working, right? Like if it was just Dicko, it would probably be like all his other shit that's like bizarre and inscrutable. So it's so good that they were combined, but the Dicko part is what's so amazing. That all he, these like, things, I'm like that all really, these elements lined up, these different sensibilities, personalities, the graphic I elements. Steve and Dicko. The, I love Steve Dicko. I love Steve Dicko. Have you ever, have I brought it up on the show before? Jonathan Ross did this documentary called In Search of Steve Dicko. Have no. you seen this? It was on the BBC. I know what it is. I haven't seen it. He goes, it's he like, literally goes try to he, find it. Because his whole thing is like, the guy's still alive. I'm obsessed right. with him. I've In always loved him. Steve Dicko. In, in search of Steve Ditko, you know, he's, he's got he's got a yeah. lisp, you know, Jonathan Ross, um, and he like tries to meet him because mm-hmm. like the whole thing with Steve Ditko is still in his fucking office, right? right. Like, yeah, drawing like you know trade illustrations or whatever. Sure. No one wanted, and um, the one of the best parts of it is he interviews John Romita, who yes. took over Spider Man mm-hmm. after Steve Ditko. And apparently Dicko is like, just don't make Peter Parker handsome. Because the way Dicko draws him, he looks like an alien. Yes. He's like so skinny. And Very, alien. yeah, skinny. And Romita's like, is saying to Jonathan Ross, and I promised him, I won't, I won't. And then I started drawing him. And, and Jonathan Ross is like, you drew him super handsome. He's like, I know, I can't help happened. myself. Right. And then Peter Parker actually got hot and kind of handsome. Yeah. But like those early Dicko, he's so weird. He's and so that's weird. why McGuire is such a good fit for like, that energy. Right. Not that he's not a good looking he's, guy. No, he's very good looking, but he does but have he's a very odd. odd face. Yeah, he's yes. a, and he's, and got he's an odd voice. And he's odd small. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He's not traditionally yeah. handsome. He's not a leading man. He has that voice. He he really yeah. has the Ditko Spider Man Peter. But, I mean, it's all these things that are so fascinating about this. Like so, uh, I, I credit where credit is due. A recent trend that I'm very much in favor of. I think in terms of like iTunes extras. Mm-hmm. When they have like, I'm listening. <laughs> yes, keep going. I feel like all the studios behind these, especially for the bigger movies, but I feel like they're working their way down. Are now starting to like add on every feature that was ever included on any version of any release of a movie. So I was yeah. like going through the iTunes. Oh, I, I think I might know where you're going with this, but go ahead. Okay, uh, the first Spider-Man, and and they have like everything from every version, more than I even feel like is on the 4K disc now, or everything like preserved. Yeah, and it's very interesting to watch not just all the marketing materials and whatever but there's like 90 plus minutes split into different featurettes on that dvd you know the two disc spider-man one set that is like we need to give people context for this comic where it's like they still need to like pump up the idea of like can you believe this character has existed for all this time all this sort of uh uh shit all these interviews with like Ramita and Stan Lee. Right, all, all, the, all the old guys. Right. And Stan Lee's always like giving his lessons on like, what I learned made Spider-Man interesting is you always have to tell a good story. And you're like, thank That's you, Stan Lee. The formula, Stan? And he's like, the way we came up with the name Doc Ock was interesting. He's my favorite. I liked him because I like nicknames. <laughs> and I said, what if I had a character named Dr. Otto Octavius? And that's what he was named at first. And then I started calling him Dr. Octopus. And then I called him Doc Ock. And that's why he's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was not what I thought you were going to say. What's the one you... 
I well, because we were talking about how kind of interesting and quirky Tobey Maguire The screen right. test? The screen okay, This test. is what I was okay. building up to. Okay. Because this uh, is a whole thing. Like, he resisted yeah. this. He didn't want to do a screen test. He's an established actor. The arc of this is, right? right. Like, And I've gotten this a little wrong. I've talked about it on other episodes. But uh, uh, Raimi really wanted the meeting. His agent was like, there's 16 guys on the list ahead of me. Uh, you, oh, right? I, I can I can give you the exact quote, but yes, Raimi was like, "I want the you know to to meet to be the seventeenth guy," and well, he's like, "Fine, make me the seventeenth." We'll guy double right back there. around the yeah, development I'll, I'll, I'll stuff, but it. I just want to set up the specific Toby thing, right? But he gets in there with the meeting with Raimi. Uh, Raimi gets in there with the meeting with Columbia and just has that level of enthusiasm where, like, they're just like, "Jesus Christ, this guy cares about this shit." Kirsten Dunst says in an interview that they reuse across like eighteen different featurettes I watched last night, like. Truly, when you talk to Sam about Spider-Man, his eyes start glowing. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's it makes sense. Like, you could just, it's infectious how much he actually cares about it. And he always tells the story that when he was a little boy, his parents hired a local artist and they paid him $30 to do a painting of Spider-Man. He hung it above his bed and he slept in bed every night as a child underneath, like, a gift painting of Spider-Man. And Avi Arad <laughs> is like, that is the exact man you need making a movie. <laughs> um, but what I've gotten wrong in previous episodes when I'm talking about this is that Raimi didn't... I said that Raimi didn't know that he had been hired until he saw it in Variety. What, what was the case was he went in for the meeting, thought nothing will come of this. Sure. And then there was a Variety story that said, in an unlikely turn of events, Sam Raimi appears to be the top choice. Right. Which was the thing he was flabbergasted by because he just thought, I'll get to tell people I pitched for Spider-Man. And the person who was most ass widely assumed to do it at that point was Fincher. Yeah. Everyone was kind of assuming. He was Fincher. a Sony guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And people, I think, were still in the mindset of. You need a Brian Singer. You need a guy who has bona fides making adult movies and that are good. And they were like, you got to do probably what Cameron was going to do. This movie has to be really shiny and high tech and whatever, you know? Um, but once Raimi's hired to do this and it becomes the casting question. All the articles are derisively like they want to hire some lantern jawed, broad shouldered hunk. Right. Like Wes Bentley. Freddie Prinze Jr. Keith right. Ledger. There's an article that yeah, yeah. Ledger Keith was Ledger derisively. Yeah, 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 one yeah. of these pretty boys who, well, who Ledger can at that act point, a little. Is right. It's said. like 10 yeah. things and maybe a knight's tale right. is his. Yeah. Right. 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 And and Raimi's story is that he was watching Spider House. Jude Law. Spider was the Spider House rules. Jesus. He was watching the Spider House rules. He was watching rules. Spider House like, rules. In hindsight, it really, did, it really yeah. did make him the perfect choice in hindsight. But like Franco was a guy who tested. Like Sony wanted like all the coolest, prettiest young men. Yeah, right. Yeah, of course. He's watching Cider House Rules with his wife in bed, and he's like, "That's the God. That's what it should be. It should be this." And he goes to Sony, and Sony's thing is, but is he an action star? And it's such a funny calculation now, where you're just like, he's in the costume the whole movie. Right, who cares? It's you can't even see his face. You literally can't see his face. You just kind of stump me into it. All yeah, you I know. need to do is hire someone to be Peter Parker. That's the only thing you need to hire someone to do. Right. Of course hire Tobey well, Maguire. So it's like, get over yourself. You cast Michael Keaton. It's like, you've done right. this before where you cast people who are not like buff guys. Of course. Well, Reeve was like a lanky uh, yeah, soap opera he's star. He's at least tall. Up. He's right. tall and yeah. he's very handsome, but they right. were talking yeah. he was like a twig when he went Yeah, he, he got all bumped. Yeah, right. But it's, right, nowadays they'll be like, look, we have to cast the personality outside of the suit and then in the suit, this fucking You'll smoke and mirrors. We figure yeah. out who gives a yeah. shit. It's an yeah. action figure. You move them around on green screen. Um, but they were like so adamant about like, it can't be Toby and Raimi's pushing so hard 
He convinces Toby to want to do it when I think he had been sort of a Toby was type resistant. Of movie. Yes. Then Toby gets on board, and then Raimi's like, I'm happy I convinced you. Now, by the way, Sony doesn't want to hire you. We have to convince them together. We have to do like an action screen test, right? Like it's it's not just a regular they two. First they there's... made him take meetings. Right. Then they made him do just an actor screen test. And Sony was like, we still think he's not tough enough. Right. So he, it's the thing with Eliza <laughs> Dushku. When you, right. I just people should pause the podcast and go just from that description. Go watch what they made him do to prove he was tough. This enough. is what's crazy. Is like it is. It's like a Bruce Lee screen test. It <laughs> is so exactly what he darkly like. lit. It looks like Dark City. It looks like Burton Batman. Stripped right? to the waist. Right. He's so they put. Oh, him he's like, shirtless. He's shirtless. Blue this. spandex bodysuit to see how he looked in the suit, and he. And I think what was a smart move on his part, very savvy. Oh, yeah, I have seen Was this. like, I'm so ripped. Let me just, like, fucking roll this down and show This looks like course. fucking Dogville or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, also, just like a door and a lamp. So like. it's these guys who are, like, holding Eliza Dushku up at knife Yeah, point. it's vaguely yeah. the scene with, like, in the alley where he stops the muggers who are attacking right. MJ. That's but vaguely what it's like. It's, like, got, like, What's fucking What's the Dushku Robo-pop. connection? Like, does he she know her? Friends with she her, says with she was friends Dwyer. with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but... Uh, it, it's got more like RoboCop, like woman at knife point energy yeah, yeah, yeah. than what yeah, happens yeah, yeah. in this movie. And the the stunt guys were playing the thugs curse. They say fuck like seven times. They should have kept that, right? Kept and that Toby's that. like breaking bones. He like he like he does the sort he's of doing Bruce yeah. Lee he looks like Bruce Lee, but he's like and he's not he's like in oiled figure. up. He's yeah. very oiled up. He's and, very. Right. Are you looking at it right now? Yeah, uh, and like you know, but it's like a his frame R is skinny. Screen. He's skinny, yeah. but, but he's, he is buff. He's buff. Yes. And right, and the but way they—it's just sh- a very surreal. The energy of it is so weird, it's it, so- especially since like this is not Spider-Man at all. Of no, course, he's not really no. like a martial artist. No, yeah. this is exactly what you expected at this time to see when you're like yeah. you're making Spider-Man when you watch the trailer and go. I guess they had to make Spider-Man like a like sort of a tough ninja. guy, vigilante, a cool martial right. artist. Right. Yeah. And you watch this screen test and you you cannot believe that they showed this to Sony, that Sony went, okay, you're right. Toby's tough enough to play Spider-Man. <laughs> it worked. And then he went, great, Toby, go back to playing puppy dog. Never do this ever right. again. We're not lighting the movie like this. It will never have this menace. I know. Even the score to this screen test is so like. <laughs> so that was just to hoodwink Sony. Yes. Yeah, that's funny. Let me give you some context on this movie. We, we, we will rush through this because it, I feel like it's widely discussed anyway. Canon Films has the rights. They buy them in 1985 mm-hmm. for $225,000, which could not get you a one-bedroom apartment in New York City. Absolutely not. Because <laughs> uh, Marvel is so hard up, I guess. Mm-hmm. The only thing that they've ever done with Spider-Man is the, the cartoon. The toy. Right. Well, they had a live action. Yeah, there there was, was a live action show on on uh, Which is a spin. TV. Which is right. Yeah, yeah right. For right, right, like right. a season, maybe two seasons. And is that the classic? You, you tilt the camera and he's climbing up the yeah, side of the building? That's the <laughs> one where you might have seen, like he has like big weird. Yes. It's very creepy yes. looking. Yeah. And he, like they did a lot of just like B-roll of like they put an actor in the suit and had him stand on top of buildings and they would just like fly around with a helicopter. And that was like they used that shot like a hundred times. Right. And though, was it the pilot for that was released in Europe? They released a bunch. Of, there's like right. two or three that they released theatrically like overseas. Are they good? <laughs> it's the you guy know. who plays the director in Once Upon a Time. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, not, he's not bad. Yeah. Like as, as Peter Parker. He's not bad. He's a little older, you know, sure. like he's, it's more of like a workplace drama. Cause he's just like a guy at the daily bugle. He's not really uh right. you know, he's not, he doesn't read like a kid like Tobey Maguire, but it's, mm. it's, 
So, yeah. so canon basically goes under after Superman 4's release. The it's quest, Superman the, 4 and Masters of the Universe are the two things in 87 that tank them. Kill them. They, of course, yeah. famously renamed themselves Pathé in a weird attempt to buy Pathé. They'd be like, well, what if we have the same name as you? Yeah. Doesn't work, right. <laughs> shockingly. Right. It's like how in high school I tried to change my name to Griffin Alba <laughs> in the hopes that Jessica Alba would be like, I guess we're married, and he took my name. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, they are sucked into MGM. The rights become absolutely a legal mess. Mm-hmm. Like, right? At a certain point, I guess Karolko gets in charge of it because that's where James Cameron so, comes aboard. Yeah. Yes. Well, James Cameron basically, so I, I was looking at this last night. He has a book that came out couple of months ago you interviewed uh, him and i oh i oh i i did i basically they were like so james cameron does this book it's a really nice book of his like concept art right entire yeah, career. yeah yeah right and um it's actually the same publisher uh that published my spider-man book yeah. and they right. emailed sometimes they ask me if i want to cover their stuff and whatever and they're like do you want to come do a roundtable interview with james cameron and i was like i never do roundtable interviews right. for anything and i will absolutely yeah. go and, and you had b- spoken to him before, right? Never. No, never. okay. But you were in that documentary, the sci-fi Oh, yes. I, yes, thing? I'm in yeah. James Cameron's uh, story of science fiction quite right. a lot. Okay. But yeah, I've never you hadn't met him, him, never spoken to him. He wasn't I, behind the I have the no idea how, if he did. I mean, he's on camera. In it, <laughs> I, know, but I, know, no I know, I know. I know. He wasn't barking. <laughs> yeah. Matt, do it again. Come Matt. on, Matt. Get Not futuristic enough. Put on the dots and jump in the water. We're doing this mocap. You can hold your breath for 14 minutes, right? But in the book, the last two pages of the book mm-hmm. are his his artwork for spider-man that he created and mm-hmm. then he it talks about what he wanted to do with the movie so i'm like oh i'm going and i'm just going to ask him about spider-man yeah because it is in such an interesting period because post terminator 2 is when he really picks up the baton right I, right like, I can do actually anything. it might even be a little before that i guess it's post terminator 2 that he has the clout to demand like right this will right. be my next project Weren't they, but he's the one who Spider-Man basically when canon goes under yeah. he's right. the one who's like well i've always want he's kind of like sam raimi he's By always loved spider-man yeah. yes. he wants to do it he tried, and he's trying for years to try to get someone to get the rights because right. he's saying like it's, we- it's this it's, weird. It's all thing. fucked up because like right. someone owns the TV rights, someone owns the movie rights. You know, Viacom is involved or whatever, yeah, right. and it's because of all these like. So he tries to get he he's trying to get people to get the rights for him. Somebody does at one point, but then they go under. I guess Karolko does, but then they have yes uh, problems. He works on it for a little while, and then what happens is eventually Sony gets their hands on some of it. Or they mm-hmm. claim they do, and he tries to get Fox to buy it. Yeah, here, to basically take them right. Take on, take them on. This is so insane. The light storm okay. setup in at Fox, 1997. Right. The film rights for Spider-Man were awarded to MGM in the wake of Kuroko's bankruptcy as part of a legal dispute over the fate of Cutthroat Island. So it's some weird yeah. like judge is like, I guess the Spider-Man rights can go over here. Like he's like dividing right. up some pie after. Yeah. Uh, and then Fox comes in, James Cameron using them as a stalking horse. Right. And he's got like a 10-year deal. At li- at right. Fox and he's like, get more. me the Spider-Man rights. But a Los Angeles court reversed the decision I just described and said the MGM rights were worthless because they had not made a Spider-Man movie. Like they were required, I think, to make one sure. within 10 years of buying the rights. Right. And they never have. Right. Uh, so like, they the, never the did Corman like the Fantastic Four, Four thing. thing. Yeah. Exactly. Right. They never right. made the ghost movie. Right. Uh, and so Sony is given the rights along with the home video rights and the television rights in a very complicated legal maneuver that like pays off Viacom or whatever. Yeah. And so now in 1999, Sony has 
all of Spider-Man to itself, and they will never let it go. No, obviously, this is JJ didn't pull this up, so I don't have the specifics to cite. Uh, so I, I'm going to tell this story broadly. But there was a thing where once Sony had the rights and they were actively developing the Spider-Man movie, and Marvel was still fairly hard up for cash. They were, this is the late '90s. They're in terrible shape. Right. right. That's the other part of this that right. people today would not believe. That, they that were Marvel bankrupt. almost didn't exist. Yeah. yeah. They, they were totally fucked. They, like, they shrank their titles, I remember. Like, they had almost no comics anymore. Yeah. There is this infamous moment where someone at Marvel, be it a rod or whoever, says, like, if you're really bullish on making a Spider-Man movie, for, like, another $20 million, we'll throw in every other character. Right, right, right. And Just Sony, we need like, money. they send it to some fucking executive, and he goes, like, not worth it. Yeah. Iron Man? <laughs> right. Who cares? Yeah. The Hulk? <laughs> uh, that's when then everything starts to get Except around. maybe not X-Men, right? Because X-Men was their golden goose in the late 90s. I, don't, I guess X-Men was the one that had been set up already at Fox, right, perhaps. Right, right, but yeah. Right. But, uh, but, there, um, there was a point where Cameron was also considering doing X-Men, He, he, was, right? he, he was, was approached originally yeah. to do X-Men. Okay. I mean, and it makes he sense. Was he was like, X-Men is fine, yeah. right, but I, I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man right. Yeah. He and wrote. so that was the thing. And he like supposedly, I mean, like that's what he talks about in that book and what I asked him about. Like, and, Indeed, in he, our research, an interview with Matt Singer. Uh-huh. He calls it the greatest the movie great he never movie. made. Yeah, he yeah. never made. And that he tried to get Fox to basically like uh, go, I don't want to say go to war, but like fight for the rights because right. he, he thought that Sony's legal argument was tenuous and he thought they could get it. Mm-hmm. And they decided it wasn't worth it financially. Right. They possibly could. They have, could have gotten like, it and probably yeah. won. It would have cost them yeah. money. Right. And that was, I mean, he says, he says, uh, that's that what he is said. actually the quote. This is the, the record, quote he told yeah. me like in the interview. He said, uh, Peter Chernin, the uh, former president of Fox wouldn't go to bat for the rights. He didn't want to get into a legal fight. I'm like, are you kidding? This thing could be worth, I don't know, a billion dollars. <laughs> uh, yeah. Today, today <laughs> $10 billion dollars yeah. later. Yeah. Per Delta. movie. Exactly. Right. 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 Uh, but uh, so James Cameron's treatment, which is like a 60 page script. It's so script it's, it's, so it's right. a, yeah. He's script like, man, I right. just, I didn't want to commit fully to writing a script, but I kind of did. Um, yeah. he, you know, he's obviously the one who makes the, the web shooters organic. His biggest lasting contribution. Uh, which, look, yeah. uh, I, I don't know if that's a controversial thing to say. And I don't know if it's just partially generational, right? That this movie came out the right time for me. I'm reading Ultimates where they, does Ultimates do organic or not? It does, I right. believe, right? right? The Ultimate Spider-Man. Or Amazing at some point makes them organic. No, yeah. no, I think and the Bendis Ultimate. I don't know about Ultimate. Amazing, it becomes canonical after the movie for right. a while. Then right. they take it, it away. Because didn't he turn into a spider at one point? He sure did. That was, I didn't like that. That was wild. <laughs> yeah, that, I, was, I was anti that. Um, but I, I, this is an obvious question, but okay. He, but uh, what are we talking about? Ha- yeah, what the fuck? I think this is, I, look, I've always liked the organic web shooter thing. And I think Cameron's point here is really smart. It was a thing that people griped about at the time. But in the comics, it was like, when he gets bit by the spider, what does he gain? In he Ultimate, he does sense? not do it organically. Okay. Just FYI, just yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Right. But it was in a main, in main content yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. at that time. Um, in the comics, he gets the strength. Right, he gets the and spider sense. Speed, he can, can stick climb to walls. walls. He can climb you know. walls. He gets the spider sense, and then he's like, "You know what? I should have webs." And then because he's a science nerd, he goes and makes a web formula, and he comes up with bracelets he wears, and they have sure, cartridges with sure. web formula, and he I shoots them. I remember this from the animated show. Now. Right, yeah. that's yeah. the and classic. Like in the Spider-Man later movies, thing. like in the Tom Holland movies, he has it too. Yeah. Like that's they, what they this, come back to. But but James Cameron both had this whole like body horror. He's a teenager. Right. It makes sense that he'd have this weird. You know, it's it's yeah. 
you know, there's it's a lot a little, of metaphors you can yeah, lay on. Yeah, a little pubescent. But yeah. his other point, which is very good, is like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He does become less of an everyman when he's that level of genius. This is the a whole very thing. smart kid. I sure. think that he's just like, no one's going to buy that this kid fucking invented this insane thing the most incredible, that would be like DARPA right. level. Right. right. You know, and it's like, I agree with that. Like, I, like at the time, again, I was like, again, whatever you can do to yeah, get this sure. in a the theater. I don't care. Right. And I also am not one of those people who's like... Yes, Tom Holland made it, invented it. Good, good. Right. Yeah, like I, I win. Like right. I don't care. Who cares? Who cares? But also, I like the stupid cartridges. They're fun. It, it, they're fun, but it is funny <laughs> to think about how like Spider-Man's defining power is really he swings and he shoots webs, and it's like that has nothing to do with right. the spider bite. It, it That's has pluses. Each, bite to me, it's like each one has pluses and minuses. Yeah. Right? Yes. Like yeah. I think James Cameron's point is very valid. Yeah. Like, and it makes it does make sense. Uh, it's just in like the comics, it, it's a lot more fun when he's, cause he has to make, he's got to buy the web. Right. He's got to buy the ingredients. And so he's always scrounging for money. He's that's always, what I like. That's about the part about the, about the web shooters. That's fun. Month is that month. He, right. right. He can't afford to like make this stuff, but yeah, it is pretty absurd that a, a kid, like if you could create in, those in web shooters, like, you would be, you would be a would billionaire. Be yeah. yeah, exactly. But, so yeah. But Cameron wanted to make a Spider-Man movie that probably would have had a similar tone to like True Lies and Terminator 2. I, like he wanted to make something that was shiny he, and sexy and darker. Adult and yeah. There, there was not going to be a costumed villain. He said right. in a, a statement I don't understand, I think he said this to you, that he morphed Kingpin and Elektra into one guy as the villain. Don't really know what that is. But I guess some kind of like gangster ninja villain. Do- Doc Ock was part of it at some point. Doc Ock was part of many scripts. Yeah. Like there, many of the scripts have these, but Cameron just Cameron said supposedly in the doesn't like, like the villain. I don't like right. the he villains. He likes Venom, and he doesn't sure. like any of the other villains, King, which uh, I guess you can kind of see. A fucking amazing villain. Yeah, yeah. Kingpin's great. Because here's his deal, and Matt, I'm going to tell you. Okay, so please. I've never. Ki- what's his name? <laughs> Kingpin. Right, I'm, I'm taking these notes. Okay. Go ahead. Here's his deal. Spider planes. Big as fucking hell. Wow. He is. He is. He's large, tall, and wide. It's like a square. Yeah. How does that work? I, I mean, you but just got to see is, it to believe it. It is <laughs> funny how in Spider-Man, like when Kingpin's introduced before he becomes the Daredevil villain. Yeah. Spider-Man just makes fun of how fat he is all the time. Like yeah. it's, it, it gets a little repetitive in those '70s comics. Anyway, uh, another interesting point, of course, James Cameron not getting Spider-Man is when he's just like, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. Right. No right. more IP for me. I'm going yeah. to Pandora, baby. Right. Like it, It's got to be from the brain of James Cameron because I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. Okay. David Fincher. Mm-hmm. Chris Columbus. Mm-hmm. Ron Howard. Yeah. They're names that make sense yeah, for that era. Absolutely. It's Guys like, who can handle a big project. They want this movie to be big. Hire yep. people who have made big movies that please everyone. Uh, so they are the biggest names mentioned, but yeah. Sam Raimi, like you said, he said, uh, put me down for number 17 and he surges to the top of the list because he's so passionate. And Fincher had done Fight Club with Ziskin, Laura Ziskin, and Ziskin was the main producer on this. And so people assumed, look, he's so technologically adept. Mm -hmm. This movie is going to have to break a lot of ground and effects. He's also hip and cool and she likes him. He's probably the guy who's going to get hired to do this. And then Raimi sees that story that says, out of nowhere, Raimi has swung into the top of the list. And he's like, holy shit, I have. And then they offer him the fucking job. The craziest part of this is the thing where he was about to go on the gift. Yes. And Sony was like, we will pay Paramount I think to delay was- the gift. Like, he can yes. shoot it. 
And then they delayed post production. Exactly. Yeah, right, right. As right. long as he goes straight from shooting the gift into Spider Man and then he does post on both movies at the same time, we'll pay you like a million dollars to delay the editing of the gift for like nine months. Um, so David Kep is the screenwriter, but of course he is He's the credited screenwriter. The credited screenwriter. There He's are many, the Sony many drafts. Screenwriter before any director comes on. Yes. Really, he worked right? off yeah. of Cameron's draft. Uh, apparently, Cameron. I got to get this right. Scott Rosenberg, Alvin Sargent, mm-hmm. all had genuine, um, you know, like rights to a credit. Right. And they all voluntarily withdrew for whatever reason. Yeah. Probably because they were given money, is my assumption, <laughs> by the yeah. Sony Columbia Picture Corporation. But, you know, like, but like, so they were all like, whatever. And Kep is yes. the credited. Sargent, like, of course, longtime he partners writes with Laura Right. And then he gets the writing credits on two and three. And he I worked, think, yeah, he worked on, he kept working on them. He's and, like and an old the, guy. The at that point, right? He's like an old hand, right? Elvin he's still Sargent? alive. I know, but like, oh, even. Oh, no, he, no, he did die. I think he died a year ago. What were you saying? But Sargent? I'm just saying, when he's writing these movies, like, he's, uh, yeah, he was born in 1927. Like, yeah, he's, he's like an in older. In his 70s. Yes. Yeah. Right. And Alvin Sargent, for frame of he wrote like, like the take- Paper Moon and Ordinary People. Right, Paper Moon, not Taking Paul. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Paper Moon, right. Uh, right, he's like not David Kep. It, it's, no, but, but not I a genre think, guy, right. I have always viewed him as the secret sauce to these movies in a lot of ways. The, the Raimi gives him a lot of credit yeah, yeah, on yeah. the commentary for this movie. Yeah. Even though he's not credited on this movie as like, you know, he's like in scene after scene, he'll be like, Alvin Sargent did some wonderful writing for this scene. A lot of the stuff with Peter and Mary Jane. That's that makes gives, sense. He I, gives, I, I, which it makes total sense. It feels so old Hollywood. The, the yeah. tone and uh, the characterization. I mean, and just how broad it is. Yes. And not... It, it, just, sincere, I guess is the word, right? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and not afraid of being sincere. I mean, We'll, t- we'll talk about it, but the, the monologue Peter does to Mary Jane at in the, the hospital. Oh, oh, at the hospital. Where he's talking about the You mean, you mean about the thing he around. told Spider-Man? The thing that, of course, he told right. Spider-Man when talking to Spider-Man. Which, by the way, that was a scene I remember seeing in the theater opening weekend where the audience started laughing and they right. were like, this is too much. You have not 100%. pushed it one step too far. And I watch it now and I'm like, this is the most endearing Well, because well, now, like, world. Kevin Feige would shoot a bazooka at this scene. Yeah. He'd be like, get it off <laughs> of the screen. Like, want, and, you know, like, too sincere. Yeah. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but the scene I want to pin that is the one where I watch it and I go, this would just never happen Which? today. And if it did, it would not have this tone. It would not have this brain. Which? Room. Macy Gray performing live. <laughs> just wouldn't have the tone. Wouldn't Which was a tone. sergeant note, I heard. <laughs> he was like, Macy Gray should be at Unity yeah. Parade. Yeah. Um, the, the uh, Peter, Mary, Jane, backyard conversation. Yeah, sure. Right. Like when, where she's, I want to be an actress, that that, that scene. And he's, yeah, we're yeah. going to talk about okay, that for well, 45 sure. minutes. We'll get back. The Wait. original script, we're not going to talk about it for 45 minutes. We 30 have a hard out. Um, Electro, Sandman, Dr. Octopus, and Green Goblin, all in the original cap uh, hmm. script. Too many. Uh, so they, they, they sort of slowly sand him out, but it right. was going to be Green Goblin and Doc Ock. For a long time. And then yeah. they finally were like, you know what? We can't have like a Doc Ock and a Green Goblin origin story. This movie is a tight 121 minutes. Yeah. Now, I guess it would be different probably, right? Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. Almost certainly. Um, uh, there was a yep. thing. I mean, it's, it's like stupid, right? But I was like digging into all the merch for this movie. And there was a, a an odd item I remember, uh, early 2000s push to revolutionize trading cards where trading cards were CD-ROMs. Uh, sure. This sounds like a Griffin thing. Yeah, absolutely Griffin thing. Uh-huh. Yep. But there was a set I remember for Bim Planet selling that was like the Spider-Man CD-ROM trading cards where it's like each card has movie clips and bios and whatever, right? 
And so it was a pack of the four characters, and it was Spider-Man, Mary Jane, Green Goblin, and the fourth one is just Harry Osborn sitting at a desk. We, we love it, is, it. It is funny to think about that being like, who's our fourth most merchandisable character? It's also wild that they take three movies to do him. Yeah. That he's just hanging out in these right, two movies. That he's just hanging out for three movies. Like, the patience... Maybe too much patience sometimes. From I think from it's maybe, only right? that they just fuck up three. I think they do a good job with him in two. I do too. I love yeah, it. Yeah. To be clear. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, the end of with him in this one, the ending is so perfect. I mean, it's like true. one of the just the perfect Spider-Man. I mean, the last like 15, 20 minutes of this movie in general is just so Spider-Man. It is. It is. It's yeah. amazing. But like, yeah, the amazing? stuff with the stuff with, with spectacular. The, yeah. Sensational. The friendly Web neighborhood. <laughs> Sorry. The Web stuff, of. Exactly. <laughs> The, the, but yeah, the stuff with Harry at the end where he, uh, you know, he, thank God for you, Peter, but he also, you know, despises Spider-Man now. Yeah, it's classic. just so deliciously, you know, that that is the real, the real juice of Spider-Man there is so great. It's the same. I mean, the, my favorite thing about Spider-Man is that he makes his money taking pictures of Spider-Man that his boss will then use to harass Spider-Man and right. there's nothing he right. can do about it. Right. Like you sit down and you're like, well, why doesn't he just go to it? And it's like, no, you don't understand. That is part of the existential. Well, the whole, the thing. whole existential yes. concept of Spider-Man is just that he works hard. Nobody likes him. You right. know, one, like, yeah. every victory, which again, like the end of this movie is so perfect for it. it's like every victory as insane that the end of this movie was allowed. Yes. Really insane. Yeah. And I remember when I was a teen, people being like, why doesn't he get to kiss Mary Jane at the end? Yeah. Like, right. He like, like pushes away. Yeah, and he's like, bye, I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, roll credits, get out of here. He just mopes away in yeah. a long coat from a funeral but, of his friend's but, dad. But just the, the fact that every victory as Spider-Man ruins Peter Parker's life yes. and vice versa. Right. Like that is, the, and that and the Daily Bugle thing is part of that. But just like right. every element of his life is it, in conflict it was, with the yes. other. It and was, one thing can't go magic. right without 10 things going 100%, wrong. 100%, he's unlucky. That's, that's the in perfect. In all those featurettes the movie I watched, just totally gets it, it was the one thing that I thought Stan Lee said to his credit where he actually showed some insight as to like what makes Spider-Man work. Because he always would just be like, but that's the, whole the key is to have good character. <laughs> you got to come up with a clever idea for a power. <laughs> right. Like, but then he said, he said, the thing for me with Spider-Man was always, there's a bad guy at this part of town and Aunt May's really sick and her right. medication's on the other right. part of right. town. That is the, and every single one of those. The whole thing with those Stanley interviews is, I do think if people, not maybe when he was really old, people ground him down, he would finally be like, yeah, you know, maybe Steve Ditko did deserve more credit and I did give it to him. But like, you have to get through an hour of him being like, my idea was a teenager would be a superhero. You know, like his whole glitzy, I, you know, I razzle say, dazzle. To his credit, in one of the things I watched, which was shot in 2002, right. he was like, they call me the creator of Spider-Man, but the reason I really truly believe I'm the co-creator is because I only had a thing on a paper. I never could have come up with this design. Right. He, he he did eventually relinquish. He, oh, he became yeah. more a magnetic once he was over very over time. Right. Yeah. Right. He was not always that way. Uh, but yes, no. That's the that's the stuff that just like spiritually, Sam Raimi understands exactly what a Spider-Man movie needs to be. And I remember walking out with my friends and then being like, "So did you love that? Was that like your favorite movie of all time?" And I was like. I like it a lot. I'm surprised by how much it feels like a comic book. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't saying it as a complaint. I was just genuinely it was thrown just off by yeah, it. I, it, was, it was miraculous. It was like right. they pulled it off. Right. That, that for years, the conventional wisdom was you could not do this. Right. You had to do it a different, you had to make it look less like this. You had to make it right. feel less like this. Right. And then that was part one. Part two was then it made more money in one weekend than any movie had ever made. And so suddenly right. it wasn't just like, 
oh, well, I think it's great. And they pulled it off. It's like, oh, everyone right. thinks the it's great. And they, is it's, yes, it's the monoculture is in. And they're ready for this movie. and they accept it and they like it. And yeah. that was the other thing that really changed. It was everything. the biggest movie since Titanic. Yeah. And it, it just, yeah, it worked on every. It worked, And it worked for families. I do think that was so yeah. crucial to it, right? right? It's not just the teenagers and young men wanted to see it, which right. is like the classic. Right. It was like, you could take your kids to see this movie and it's not that intense but, it's but, a little yeah. intense you know it's no a, there, i was like Rainey. i don't know if it was a panel or press conference or whatever when they were promoting the movie and he just kept on saying like he's just so Rainey's so sincere in how he talks about these things but he's like you know my goal was to make a, a motion picture that is really really thrilling for the whole family you see you sit there with your, your popcorn and you, you cannot believe the things that are on the screen but there is enough focus on the interior lives of these characters that adults will still be compelled uh, into the story. And it's like, oh, right, it is that simple. It's just like, I'm going to put crazy shit on screen. Uh, you know, and he talks about for how stylized and heightened this movie feels now. He was like, I don't want to do Burton Gotham City. I don't want to do this like super designed thing. Right. But I, a thing that is so smart is he was like, I want to be real New York. I want to shoot in real New York, real locations. Because that was a superpower of the comics that it was like. And this is the first movie that does that, right? Absolutely. Like, like this is the beginning of really? New York as like a, yeah. a hot filming location. But again. he was yeah. like, we went out of our way to try to find all the genuine locations in New York that feel magical. So rather than recreating things. Yeah, like, like that rooftop by the church, you know, where he drops Mary Jane Uncle off. Uncle Ben's outside like, the New York Public Library. Of course. Right? Yeah. It's like, pick these. Even the Queen's neighborhood it's is so, so picturesque and great. Really? Like a perfect yeah. setting for a Queen's Uncle neighborhood. Uncle Ben drives him from deep Queens yes. yeah. to the main branch of the New York City Public Library. Correct. Correct. Takes him to the lines. 45 hour long. You know, 45 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, and it's like fucking 1 p.m. Right? Like it's the daytime. And he's like, I'll meet you here at 10 Well, David, David, I'm sorry. First, he says, hold on a second. He turns some 41 off on the radio. <laughs> Uncle Ben loves some 41. Most recent some 41 song, Peter. And then, and then, yes. And then he says, I'll pick you up in 12 hours. <laughs> what is the lie here? Beautiful. He's like, I really got to hit the books yeah. so hard. Yeah. I mean, he is a nerd. He is a a science nerd. No, but but the main branch, it's like, he's got to be hitting the microfiche. Yeah, exactly. He can't go to his local library. I mean, I'm just saying, Uncle Ben, he's a mensch. He's just like, sure, I'll just fuck around in Manhattan for 10 hours. He's got Sam Raimi's car. I mean, what are you going to do with that car other than drive it around? Come on. You know what's a funny thing in this movie that like, it hasn't aged poorly, but is just like very of its moment and the moment changes maybe right after this. uh There's the line, it's in that, the taking out the trash scene where they're talking about Peter and Mary Jane, what they want to do with their lives. And he's like, I don't know, move to the city. And yeah. that idea of like being from Queens and being able to work your way up to Manhattan right. is like- In an apartment downtown. Whereas I feel now when I tell people I live in Manhattan, they're like, why the fuck would you- <laughs> What's the matter with you? <laughs> right. That, Which that is if, a fair question. Right. That you're like, if you live in Queens, you don't really live in New York. The city. Know? The, right. the city. You have the, to live in very Saturday city. night fever. You yes. know, that yes. idea that, uh, you know, Manhattan. It, the but it's truly like 2002 what? is like the last moment but, before everyone yes. starts to go. No, like, that's true. But you're really right about that. Right. You that are, is but, actually true. But everything about this, it's like Cliff Robertson and Rosemary Harris. Obviously, it's trite to now note that, yes, every iteration of Spider-Man, you know, for the next iteration, they will be teenagers, I assume, like Ben. <laughs> right. And, yes. uh, uh, May. May. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he feels like he, what is he? He's an electrician, right? Oh, I love that detail. Yeah, that he, he just got he fired. He just got fired yeah. from his job as the chief 
uh, electrician at the plant, and now he's screwing in light bulbs in right. their kitchen. Yeah. Like, what a nice it's, little even detail. the computer have uh, computers have analysts. Right, things. it feels so throwbacky. Yeah. It's like a single income, like outer queen's household. Right, the and interior man, of that house is amazing. It's so it's good. So old, yeah. old, old, you know, uncle and an aunt or grandma and grandpa house with that wallpaper. She, is she his great aunt? You know, Spider-Man lore better than me. Like, he's, no, he's is, supposed to be, I mean, there, it he, makes no sense. Cause in the comics, Aunt May is like comically Mr. Burns old, yes, right? Like yes. she's like, so decrepit. decrepit. Right. And like, you're like, how is this? Like, what's the age gap? She's 45, between? but she's got city miles. <laughs> she's got a lot of city miles. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, you know, obviously they, they, they zazz him up. But I do love, I, I kind of forgot how much I love Cliff Robertson in this He's movie. He's so good. fantastic in this. And it is funny that they talk about like, Obviously, Rosemary Harris, I'm more, I remember, because she's in the sequels, and right. you know, she's doing her yeah, thing. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, Defoe is the only guy who actively pursues involvement in this movie from the cast. It sounds like everyone else had to be talked into it right. to some degree by Raimi being like, here's my take. I, I know it sounds vision. like bullshit, but- I'm going to invest right. in the characters. I know it sounds like bullshit. And Defoe was like, it's fun to do a cartoon movie. Yeah, Defoe Malkovich was the, the first choice. Go, right. I look like a guy. Well, I feel like the whole thing with Defoe is just like, we're making a comic book movie. Who should play the villain? Willem Defoe, right? Like he was just always going to be one of the but, first off the board. But he always talks about, he's like, I, I like sought it out. They, yeah, yeah I he was, he not was into it. Their, I think. I mean, Malkovich I was their first choice. They really wanted It wasn't Malkovich. Cage before Malkovich. I don't see anything about Cage. In Cage, him. I believe Cage was the first choice. Well, and that's, he that's crazy. He did adaptation big. instead. Uh-huh. But it was just because Cage was known for being such a big comic. He just fan turned it down, and had almost right. done Superman. But they they really tried. That they were to like, get... you can get an A list star to play this, and and he just said, I'm doing adaptation. Yeah, um, Malkovich got far along. Uh, Defoe, yeah, he was into it, and he was very into how sincere Sam Raimi was. I don't know. Defoe's just a guy who does anything, right? Defoe's I mean, like not in like, a bad way. Experimental theater. He was like, this is a fun opportunity to like do this much physical performance. He did like most of his own stunts. He was like, I want to be the guy in the suit. The whole time, so I have the continuity of performance. I want to learn how to do all this shit. Should have painted his ass green, man. He looks like a goblin. (laughs) I like William Defoe. He's a hot guy. Yeah. But he looks like a fucking it, it goblin. Just, you mean just, like Joe? He does have he does have chin yeah. on his ass. Just a slight Paint him with green and okay. just let him laugh. It is insane that they cover up his face. It's so crazy. I in profile, he has that great nose where yeah. he does kind of look like the 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 helmet that they give him. Yes. It does kind of seem like a exaggerated version of him. You're absolutely yes. right. I mean, I feel like I remember at the time pre-seeing the movie, right? Mm-hmm. That was the most controversial thing. People were like, that Green Goblin looks lame. What's what is this that? they're doing? Power Ranger. That was the thing everyone always said. Right. Looks like Obviously, a Power Ranger. The Green Goblin kind of look like a Power Ranger. Or, yeah, the yeah. Green Goblin in the comics is, I mean, what, what they eventually did in No Way Home where uh-huh. they just have Willem Dafoe in a hoodie. Like, right. I get that. That's a good homage. Sure. But the thing in the comics makes no sense. He pulls off like a rubber mask. Yeah, well, this is the whole thing. And you're always like, how are his goofy. limbs green? <laughs> like, I don't get how that this the, costume is the supposed whole to thing work. They talked about because there's that amazing you can see on YouTube the Studio ADI test where they did an animatronic mask. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. That yeah, looked yeah. like a goblin face and it actually looked very cool. But Raimi was like, the logic of it always like just befuddled me. Where it was like, he's a guy. He puts a rubber mask on. And then when he puts the mask on, the mask has full expressions. Right, it just right. looks like a cartoon. It's like face. Jim Carrey yeah. the mask, where it's like glued the, to his this face. This is the yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it looks incredible. It, it does looks very fucking cool. But you also go, but you're right. It, the the logic of it 
is why would weird. he look like right, this? Right. The thing with Green Goblin my, doesn't make a lot of sense. No. My big issue with the Green Goblin getup in this movie is actually not even how it looks, but the sound where they don't like his he he doesn't he his all of his lines are like eighty yards yeah. sure. later. It doesn't match, and totally. it doesn't match the visual and his yeah. movements, and he doesn't sound like he's wearing a mask at all. Like Spider Man, Tobey Maguire, yes, when he's talking, they do a good job. With it that. sounds like he's talking sure. through a mask. They do the weird thing where you know you can see his eyes. You know he'll like pop open the eyes right, right. or the mouth. Sometimes you can right see where I feel the like mask. they're trying to it, yeah, get the foe like involved, the right? But you're then you're just when you're looking at him, you're just like he looks crazy. Like why they, is he they like? they don't totally solve it, and, and it's it's very telling that No yes. Way Home they were like, all right, let's smash the the head, right, right. Well, like, the person one I was watching with it with head. was just like when you're on the rooftop scene, which I like as a scene of itself. But she's like, anytime it's the two of them talking in full costume, you're losing something because this could just be fucking anybody. Yeah. yeah, you know whether or not you're told it is them actually in there, it does start to feel like the footage that they uh, inherent on Power Rangers that Saban then tries to dub over where you're like, Great this footage. is disconnected Reader from the repulsive. main actors. It's one of the smart things with Spider-Man 2 where he's just like, it's just Alfred Molina trench coat. Right. And they also start taking Toby's mask off a lot more often in 2 and 3, which people complain about, but you do need to do. Gotta show. Absolutely. Put him. Yeah. Yeah, you know, let's just talk about the movie Spider-Man a little bit. Yeah. Um, Should we just take a quick picture before we get into the plot? Do you guys want to just like all get into a line and then a spider will come down from the ceiling and mm. bite us? Oh, right, right. For the school paper. Correct. Yes, right, right, right. I was trying um, to get us in quick. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, here's, yeah, yeah. here's the thing with this movie. You know, I made the very uh, intimate confession to the woman I've been dating that uh, the universal fanfare gets me really jazzed. That there are a few things that get me more excited in the world. And the graphics of the globe and whatever, right? Right. So we're watching this movie and, and the she Colum stuck, she stayed after you said that. <laughs> We've had a number of conversations. We're working through it. It's a fair question. Any any time that she'll she'll throw it back in my face as as often as she can. But uh when we're watching this movie and the Columbia lady comes on, she goes like, Oh, do you, does the fucking Columbia lady get you amped too? And right. I'm like, No, I'm not some fucking freak. Yeah, pervert. but then the strings and then exactly the strings do get me. <laughs> they're really good. They're it's it's one of those things where just like when you hear the Danny Elfman Batman theme for the first time, you're like, fuck yeah, this is what Batman sounds like. Yeah. And I remember just because the trailers used other scores and, and pop songs and shit having no sense of what the score of this movie was going to be before sitting down in the theater. And when those strings start just immediately feeling goosebumps of like, fuck, this sounds like Spider-Man. He has like musically captured Spider-Man and no one has improved upon it since him. So to me, like I remember, again, sitting in the theater the very first time seeing this and the, the moment for me early on where I was like, oh, we're in good shape is when the title credit comes up based on the Marvel comic book by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They give both of them credit and they're credited in the opening credits, which yes. is something that, no. you know, like just no. wasn't. We're, we're not going to acknowledge they were that. Like, they were showing that off with Right. Pride. They were like, right, exactly. It wasn't like something they shoved at the end of the movie or, you know, you know, whatever. it was like front and center based on the Marvel comic book by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. I was like, oh. But it did feel that like- That feels different. Raimi got the job through enthusiasm and somehow he convinced everyone at Sony to be like, 
fuck it. We're just going to do this. We're right. just going to do this. We're just going to make a Spider-Man now, movie. I was not convinced at all until I was told the story was not for the faint of heart. And then <laughs> I was like, well. But David, you were assuming he was an ordinary guy, not a care in the world. <laughs> exactly. And then I was told that someone had lied to Someone me. had lied but that's to a, But that's a great scene too. Like the opening scene. I love the way he's, you know, the, okay, the voiceover, but the way but no, he's no, introduced. The, the, the bus. Through, right. I, right, I didn't even take this guy. And the guy eating the donut. running alongside and the, the bus. And the fact that we, he's introduced as just like the hand he's almost looks subterranean and yeah. the, and what's the end of the movie is him soaring through well, yes. Manhattan so the, like the, the lows sort of and the highs. yeah wait exactly. you're telling me that peter parker kid is the same guy same guy spider man hard to believe yeah. but true but yeah so there's I a hyphen love, between the two okay, like the right, right, even right. that that stuff like yeah. structurally is just like so smart Raimi, i think in what the commentary is watching kept on referring to the caverns of new york city which i thought was such a good term to describe mm-hmm. like the liminal space between buildings. The building, right. They, yeah, yeah. Um, but I yes. Mean, how it, much yeah. credit does this movie deserve? And I'm, I'm asking, I don't know. I think a lot, but like all the video games that have come out since then that have had Spider-Man like swinging, where the game mechanics are, so are basically cool. just about swinging around New York. Yeah. How much of it has to do with like this movie and like the shot after he drops Mary Jane on the rooftop where he swings, runs up the side of the building, goes, woo! and swings away like how many games have just been built on like that one energy that one shot Raimi truly nails the swinging stuff so fucking hard which felt hard like it felt like how are they gonna do that the hardest thing to do how How do you you, nail the CGI whatever yeah yeah and even just what are the physics of this like what is the inner logic of this whatever because it's one of those things the comics yada yada it's like he's always he's swinging he's mid swing It's it's definitely something you could say like as great as the comics are they don't have anything like the actual beauty and physics and grace of yeah. movement. Right. A comic can right. never do that. And that's the one thing where they took the, like the idea of it, the energy of it. Right. And like, you can see the individual moments that look kind of like panels, but they gave it this fluidity and excitement and but grace I also, like, that, that they just nailed it. There were those, the early 2000s, like PlayStation and 64 games. And then there's the movie tie-in game for this. And I remember that being the first one that sort of got the mechanics of the swinging yes. down well. Yeah. At the time, it felt amazing. Right. Right. Spider-Man, now it the game, bad. the second game was the one that was really mind-blowing because yes. it had like the open world. Right. Yes. That but, the first one, but the first one was good too. It felt yeah. like a big-ass deal, but even like playing that game, I remember being like, you're just like swinging from the sky. Yes. Like you just shoot Right, up that was the whole thing. Like, the where's the fucking web? Right. Like, you know, you in the comics, you're just like, well, you don't think about and it. And Raimi cheats it. a little, but I do think he does a good job, especially the that first time he's swinging of like, yeah. he has to go to that building and then yeah. he right. has to find another And like the, the time when his feet touch the ground yes. and it's like, but there's momentum. He yeah. just, he's gonna, he can't stop. It like, truly is one of those things where like, I, the infamous teaser trailer for this movie, of course, was the sequence that was shot only for the trailer that's right. like the, the psych the, the, out the, 9-11. I, I rewatched it. It's, it is so funny that they're like bank robbers. Like, and it's like done like a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, like it's, it's so right. silly. Like in like bulletproof vests. It right. looks janky too. The, yes. The helicopter where they're like, it won't go. Like it like stops <laughs> it's like in midair. Not done by Raimi. No. Right. Um, but, but then. Obviously, famously, the James Cameron script had a climax of the World Trade Center, FYI. And he, and that the World Trade Center was like his nest. Like yes. he had a permanent right. web up there. That he he says in an interview, like, I love Sam Raimi. I hope he takes it out of there. Right. Because whatever, obviously yeah. he was going to take it out of there. But, but I do think putting the glimpses of the swinging in the trailers, but that original teaser in the later trailers was the, the thing spin. that made this like a fucking no, but that was the thing. Their whole thing was like ultimate spin and look at this fucking footage. Look yeah, at no, how cool no. it looked. Like, it was, it cool. was just incredible. And I think 
Raimi nailed it so hard that all the other movies have been fucked because they're just like, we don't want to redo exactly what he did. Well, and it feels like Holland doesn't even swing that much. I, look, I'll say this. I mean, if I, you know, the Mark Webb movie, uh-huh. the guy has the last name Webb. Perfect. Well, you had to hire him. Uh, remember, it had the um, the gimmick of the first person photography where yeah. you see him like climb up the wall. Right. Yeah. It was like cool for five seconds. That was the teaser, but it was only in like one or two shots. Yeah, it was not. I do like in the Holland movies when he swings with MJ that, and she's flipping out because she's like, this is awful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that, I do think that's necessary. Agreed. To, yeah, but that's right. like, that's the end of the, the very end yeah, of the no, second. It, yeah. The beginning it, of the, the third. The magic of the swinging is a little, that's I mean, look how many of these fucking times, you know, totally. it, yeah, yeah. But it is that thing where they're just like, Raimi nailed it so hard and part of it is like classic Raimi ingenuity where he was, you know, on top of the CGI and everything else, it was like, let's get a helicopter. Let's have a, a metal like rope hanging from the helicopter and let's have a camera at the end of that and let's just Fly a helicopter. I mean, this is the Sam Raimi thing. He's like, what can I glue a camera to? Right, right. They were like throw into space. Yeah, you can CGI him swinging, but what's going to make it feel real is if the camera is also swinging in between real buildings. Is it crazy to say that this stuff looks better than like no the current Marvel swing? I mean, the current Marvel swing looks good. Some of it has aged. Some of the CGI has aged, but like the visceral quality of this has not been replicated. I mean, two, I think it's better because they've learned all their mistakes and it's perfect. Two is is just like a perfect... The the, the acrobatics of two are so cool. Like, whereas this only has a little bit. Like, this has that one, the slow motion where he's sort of you know, zigging around the, the razor, uh, the yes. razors. Yeah. Yes. Right. I do think so much of it is the camera work though. That's why it yeah. still looks better. Even if you like hold the CGI up and you're like, Spider-Man does look a little like silly putty here, you know, Don Burgess, of course. Don Burgess. Well, uh, I mean, Forrest how many Gump. of them, of them, I don't, and I, I'm not trying to insult John Watts here, but like in general, how many of the Marvel movies do they hire a director in the same way you hire the actor to not be in the suit? Right. How many of them do they hire the director to, to not, not worry do, about the action? Right. And they just let the action be like, here you've hired Sam Raimi, who is just an incredible yes. visual right. stylist, innovator. And that's the thing is like you watch the movie and the camera work and the editing is so precise. And he knows exactly where to put the camera and yeah. when to cut. And it, it feels, and it all feels cohesive. And it doesn't feel like, oh, now here's a random action scene that we, right. farm, that we, we, we uh, storyboarded before we even wrote a script. Nothing like that here. You and, feel the fingerprints on literally every single inch of this yeah. movie. And I do think he's cribbing from himself. There's right. this, there's like the stuff from Dark Man where he shoves the guy's uh, the, the Uncle Ben's killer. From, the, oh, it's the, the same glasses, shot, the and, same fucking shot. It's and I so remember good. sitting in the theater in 2002, going, "It's Dark Man," because yeah. I was such a big Sam Raimi fan that he was copying himself. I was like, I couldn't like they didn't just hire Sam Raimi; they let him make a Sam Raimi movie. But I think part of his, I mean, he keeps on talking in these archival interviews about like I really thought they would hire someone who had made big movies like this before and he was right. like my movies don't connect on that level I, they're not at this level of budget he I've had never, never had made a movie hit. what's his most expensive movie before this like The Quick and the Dead probably maybe? right like, that would be like, my guess like yeah. a 40 maybe million right. dollar movie or whatever you know um, like yeah but I think the thing he had going for him was that he was a problem solver and that from a studio level, they're like, we still don't know how to make these things work on screen and how to make them not look stupid. 
And you almost need someone who can think creatively more than someone who has. This movie makes everything that could look stupid look not stupid. Yeah. Essentially. The Green Goblin costume, sure. Like, there's a couple things that's where the you're closest. like, okay. Yeah, that's the closest. But the hoverboard fucking rules. It the, does. The glider is really cool. The bombs are I'm, great. I'm, everyone the got really What do we think of leaked at What do we think of the bomb that turns people into skeletons? I like it. I uh, love it. It's that's pretty good. It's one of the coolest good. weapons ever. Yeah. yeah. It never recurs, right? You never. It would have been funny if he came out in the MCU and Skellington, like Tom <laughs> yeah. Holland. He's like, I still got these fucking things. Yeah. <laughs> Instant death. Yes. If this thing is near you. And then no, the skeletons turn to like dust. Yeah, they're out of here. It is, it is a truly deadly weapon. I don't know why the military is not interested. That's. <laughs> That was one thing that I was reading. It is crazy. It. The military, like, Norman, this is all bullshit. I'm like, I don't know. Man. He has the, this badass glider, and they're like, we've seen the glider. And it's like, I feel like you guys would love the glider. Yeah, it's good. It's, yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah. The glider Compared to whatever great. fucking thing they, they go to see, and then, you know, yeah, get the other thing, Oh, yeah, the sucks. thing sucks. It looks like garbage. It looks like a cold medicine pill or whatever. Yes. It's so weird. <laughs> it looks like a bad RoboCop villain. It looks like right. the kind of thing that like they it's, would. It's, it's Ed 201. Right. That would, yeah. they would, they would, tr and it would malfunction and kill someone and yeah. then they would, and then, yeah, that would be the punchline. It's so fucking bad. It is funny when Remy talks about like, well, we weren't going to do the fucking prosthetic goblin face because I don't understand the internal logic of that. And we really want to build it up. Make sense. Anyway, why it does it. His bombs turn you into skeletons. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Well, I, the, you know, what I like about the skeleton bomb thing. It's like we, a thing you read in one panel of a comic book when you're a kid that clearly was a tossed off idea that you're like, this haunted me for decades. Right, right, right. I right, never right. stopped. Thinking, how would that be allowed? Yeah. How, right, yes, this yeah. one image. They, I mean, they, Sam, like a, Sam Raimi does like also, he does like skeletons. He does. He so it's an excuse, them. again, to, to yeah. put a little more Sam Raimi energy right. into the movie, and I like that. If anything, I mean, if he's cribbing his own shots from Darkman, once they turn to skeletons, uh, Green Goblin should take some of their bones and turn them into fucking instruments again and start doing a little Army of Darkness. He yep. Should, he should play them, them bones. Bones xylophone. Yeah, bones xylophone. Yeah, give me a bone flute, baby. No, what I was going to say is, he's like, I want there to be the process of understanding how this costume would come to be. And the glider is experimental technology. And you have that one shot where you see the guy testing the glider and he's wearing the suit. And I guess this is the insulated suit. And you're like, okay, I get that's what the suit looks like. And then you're like, and of course he collects rare masks. So then he just <laughs> makes a vacuum form mask in the same aesthetic style as the body suit that looks kind of like his face. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he, he puts the rare masks in there, I, I guess, to explain right. it. Right. He inhales green smoke he does right. his yeah. fucking ass should be green and i'm gonna oh, say you're just mad that his skin is but he has to be able to be you know normal old right. norman he turns and then he you know transforms and then there is a know. version in the comics where that does happen right yeah, right. Right. You know, he, like, turns, he sort of hulks out yeah he, he turns, turns, like yeah a this demon. big not, literal not my favorite character. interpretation no, but, no. but i mean it's also do you know what norman osborn looks like in the comic oh and harry osborn? show, 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 the show yeah that. i do kind of think hindsight's twenty twenty. they never would have done this at the time but you do sort of feel like he should inhale the green fumes and it should just be whenever he gets wound up you put prosthetics on Willem Dafoe and he wears a fucking hoodie and it's like a green face that isn't full monster, but is enough different. So Norman Osborn, Norman that no one he has kind of a classic hairstyle that is inexplicable. A widow's and peak no, waves. Uh, deep widow's peak. Deep yeah. widow's peak with these, right, this kind of like red and black waves. Weird ridges. Like and tight wavy hair which harry has as well and then yes. sandman has which always used to confuse me like why does sandman yeah, have sandman has similar hair. hair are they related yeah 
Who's that second picture? Is it him again? That's Harry. This is his son, Harry. Of that's, course. that's James Franco. This doesn't Franco. read Franco to you? James Franco. No, he, re- he looks like that weird, like, 90s sort of, like, subculture, like, leader. Do you know the fake religion? Do you know what I'm talking about? With Jim Jones? The guy with, like, the pipe. It was, like, an underground zine thing. You, okay. I'm talking to the, the wrong, wrong crowd. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Okay, I'll figure out what that is. Anyway. Yeah, he looks like Mac tonight is what he looks like. He doesn't look like James Franco. He, no, he doesn't. I mean, It's funny that James Franco is also the concession where it's like Sony screen tested all these like brooding young heartthrobs. Raimi put his chips down on Maguire and then they were like, can you at least put fucking Franco as the friend? Well, he makes sense Church in the movie. Church of the sub Okay. Okay. He, he makes, to me, he has that same, it's sort of a- Yeah, uh, I get you, Ben. He's like the rich version of his character from Freaks and Geeks. You know, the yes. guy who's just kind of like handsome, but dumb. He's also a very good match for Defoe. I, I yes, think he they are is good together. very good in these movies I and agree. so well cast. And it was, it is funny to think about what an exciting actor he was. It was corny that he had this Brando thing, right? Where he, right. you know, and eventually he got kind of sick of it. But like, in the 2000s, he People was exciting. really thought. Yeah. And like when he's it, we'll get to fucking Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah. I really, and like Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I really feel like it became this kind of thing of like, why is Franco so phoned in? Like, it's like so boring. He got like yeah. so dull in those movies. Yeah. And he used to be such a like a live wire. I mean, I know he's like, you know, a problematic There's figure. A, there are a lot of things going on with him. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's, but I really like him in these movies, but it is, I mean, again, the setup of these is so weird where it's like, okay, there are a bunch of 25-year-olds that go to high school. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, whatever. Sure, 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 sure. Toby, Peter Parker's a nerd. He's got glasses, see? Yes. Okay. Mary Jane, she's she's pretty, likes her. Yeah. She's got red hair. She's dating Flash Thompson, who looks like a linebacker. It's Joe Manganiello. Right. And then you're like, and his best friend is this guy in like an Armani suit with like up hair. Like, it doesn't make sense that they're friends, except I guess that Norman is weird. Like, it makes more sense that Norman's his friend in the comics because he looks like a dork. Right. right. I see sure. what you're saying. He should be that in this universe. And then Norman. Harry is, should be the cool kid in school because yeah. he's rich. Oh, sorry, Harry. Yeah, yeah. He's no, rich Norman. and handsome. And but like, yeah, like when Harry like stumbles into a relationship with MJ, you're like, this doesn't, this isn't a tough sell for me. Right. The guy's handsome. No, I will say I, uh, I, I had a friend like this in high school. Sure. Who was like absurdly rich and well connected and like so uncomfortable with it. And like, he's all messed up by his weird dad. I get it. I get it. And like, went out of his way to dress down. And it was like a thing where people had to realize how handsome he was, where he acted so uncomfortable that people had to be like, oh, that guy's got very good bone structure. There is that thing I, I do buy in this movie. It's a bit of a stretch, but I do buy it that when he goes up to talk to Mary Jane, right. it's like the first time that she's actually looking at his face and being like, oh, oh you're hot. Right. Hot guy. I could date you. So yeah. they, they go on a classic tour. I think the funniest moment, my wife noted this, is when the teacher comes over to Harry and, and he's like, we're going to talk about how you listen. And I'm like, He's a grown man. He looks like four years younger than you. The like, teacher. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, he's like, well, we're going to talk about how you listen. He's not six years old. Also, this is supposedly like a week before they all graduate from high school. <laughs> right. Like, like what so, are you going to do to him? This is a point? nothing field trip. This yeah. is one of those field trips that a teacher scheduled because they're like, look, I, I don't want to teach anymore. I don't want to teach anymore. Right. right. So uh, at, this, at this tour of a science lab, uh, Peter Parker gets bitten by a, a genetically engineered spider, Griffin. Can I just say quickly? You can. I, watching this movie, which I had not seen in a couple of years, a little while, uh, you know, and and two, I 
prefer, as do most people. Nah, I and I assume you do as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. it's the, yeah. Uh, it's not like this is my favorite movie of all time, but it certainly was a very important movie to me in terms mm. of when it came out and all that sort of shit. I was watching and realizing like, oh, I do think this movie, perhaps even more so than two, just because of when it came out, is imprinted upon me in the way that like some people who were like 13 when Jurassic Park came out or Raiders or Star Wars, where they're like, I know every fucking line and shot of this, where I was watching it and I was just like, I know every line that I was fucking teacher at the field trip says i was surprised by how much i knew, remembered everything so perfectly the timing as well. of it and because i don't think of this as a movie as i that i endlessly rewatch no but i don't I, either I, but I, don't it, it I, just, might, I might have been but this yeah. is what i'm saying i've seen, I, look, seen it a lot i guess i yeah. saw it at least three times in theaters I but i do think it was just such a big cultural moment that yeah. it was like everything from that first viewing is burned in entirely down to little things that just as they came up i was like right when there's that tracking shot through the bus yeah. Showing like all the yeah. nerds on the bus to Mary right. Jane, right? Yeah. And uh, or it's when he's looking for when his, he's looking for Santa. Everyone's like, "No way, buddy!" Right. Yeah, yeah. There's there's the fat guy eating a donut. Yeah, and clearly Raimi wants the gag of the jelly, the jelly coming out, coming the out of, the of the donut. Yep. And in order to get the maximum impact of that, he's taking a bite out of the wrong side. Yep. So yeah. there's the side with the bite already out of it. So the opening is there for the jelly to spill. You're, you're right. You're right. Right. And then things like that. But I'm you're like, like, I remember exactly that approach to donut eating right, or whatever. It's burned right. in my and memory. And then this, this fucking teacher being like, I swear to God. We're going to talk about life. how you listen. My last warning. Whatever he says. You were I'm, talking during that entire woman's speech. Yeah. But he's still like, got that weird vibe. Who's the woman? I, she's so recognizable. She's one of those people who's in everything. The, 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 um, yes, the, the lab scientist. lady. Yeah. 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 A remember. spider sense. I do will. like that. Scene. Like I just, the rhythms of every line, right? Yeah. You know, even more than the direct word. I just love the way they introduce like, here's this power. Here's this yeah, power. No, they do a power. good job. And then like, it's like, and here's all our super spiders. Oh, but there's right. one missing. You know, and you look at your watch and it's minute six and there was a three minute credit sequence like this there movie was. is it's just economical like, yeah. well when you once you've been told the story's not for the faint of heart no there's really not a lot more Where else runway you, you need to lie and they've also that's the thing they've let you down easily they've let you know that you've been lied to and they're going to take care of you from here on out peter gets bitten by a spider a redirect and he he gets the powers of a spider mm-hmm. through this bite mm-hmm. yeah it'd be funny if it, if if stanley's origin was just like i've been by a spider and this one time, he turns him into a spider. <laughs> no radiation at all. Go hunt spiders, kids. <laughs> um, uh, in parallel, mm-hmm. and I forgot that it really is in parallel, yes. is the Norman Osborn origin story. Like, it's pretty yeah. much at the same time. Which yeah. is why Raimi cut Doc Ock, is he was like, I really want to kind of right. go 50-50. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so there's just a lot of the board, uh, Mendel Strom, which is the kind of thing MCU would never do. You're not burning a minor villain on some guy who's in two scenes. Like, no, right. no, no. That, uh, but that, another that, line reading where he's listing like the side effects, and he goes, Back to formula. Yeah. Back Insanity. To form. Insanity. Uh, Enhanced uh, aggression. aggression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he takes the pause. Insanity. Um, but yes. Oh, I just ba- love back, back to formula. Back to formula. That's my favorite so line in Spider-Man. It's, I mean, I forgot that Norm, uh, Norman drops, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Like, that's that's right at the start, basically. It's pretty much his introduction. His introduction. Yeah. He is something of a scientist. Himself, he of course. talks yeah. so much about how he is like an objective-based actor. He is based. I mean, I agree. He's a based guy. <laughs> no, but like he... Defoe is so <laughs> non-methody that he's like, sure. here's what I do. I read the script and it tells me what to do and then I do the thing. Yeah, I mean, and I've heard- He's like, I don't internalize it. Right. I, like when I interviewed or I talked to Eggers for The Lighthouse, he yeah. said like how Defoe's approach really freaked Pattinson out. Right. Because Defoe's just like, let's do stuff, baby. Right. And Pattinson's like, no, I've been like thinking very hard about this and like 
rehearsing this character. Defoe is like yeah. a golem. Like you write something down, you put it in his mouth, and he's like, "Okay," <laughs> you know. And he talks about it's like it's why he wanted to do this. Like he was like a cartoon movie. That's fun. Like right. I'll, I'll go big <laughs> and I'll do all the moving and everything. Is it okay if I go big, Mister? Right. Yeah, he's he right did, off he his Oscar nomination, his first Oscar nomination. Oh, his second, second. Sorry. Uh, Shout out the vampire. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. He's good. He's so fucking good. Can I have a very hot take that's probably not true? Okay. I think he's better in two. I kind of agree. In just in that just one scene. Because that one scene is the scene I think about the most. With Maybe it's because I've seen two more. Yeah. But avenge me! Like, I think about that all the time. That scene's incredible. I do think he has the benefit in two of never having to wear this fucking costume. Yeah, right? maybe Which, look, that's I've it. come all the way around to now I don't having mind a little it. bit of affinity for it. I don't right. know if it's just nostalgia, nostalgia at right. this point. Because yeah. even at the time, I was like, costume's tough sw- pill to swallow. Like, but no, I mean, the, the fucking mirror scene, that's the one I just remember A.O. Scott waxing ripsodic about where he's like, this movie just stops cold to let a good actor stare yeah. at a mirror and have a conversation with himself for five right. minutes. That stuff's all great. And there's like no effects. And there's that moment where he's like, he's so good that the way his face changes and shit. And it's before Gollum had entered the scene. Yeah. I, know. I guess he was briefly in. Birth. But but you know that moment where he's like holding the newspaper up to himself as like Green Goblin. And then you see it within the one shot with no cuts. He just drops the goblin and looks at the paper. <laughs> you know, like. But this is the thing. He's best in those. Yes. Back to formula. When he grabs back him. To form- and, back you know, to formula. He's so good at the physicality yes. of just kind of, you just feel like his. Yeah, uh, that's freak yeah, out. Yeah, but yeah. That's his, like, saying, uh, it's like. Veins pulsing. It should have just been a lot like, of fucking shirtless Defoe turning green and giving him slightly like a little bit of a nose or contact lenses or fucking whatever. Ben's just nodding being like enthousi- he monsters enthusiastic out nodding. 5% from ben. so that he's unrecognizable and yeah. you put him in a hood. Because also, didn't he wear a hat in the comics? Didn't he have like a goblin hat? He has like this goofy like cap, this purple cap. I miss the cap. I like the hat. His head is so like. Yeah, they're trying to mimic the shape with that helmet. It is so. He has some great lines, though. I mean, I yeah, he's good in two, but, but like, right, you're like talking about ravening wolves. No, he's really good. I mean, I love him in this. Yeah, I, th- I do love it. Think I, about it, hero. <laughs> the heart, Norman. We attack the heart. That's the one. All Educate these lines, him. and then obviously the matters of knees, pain like, and crying, loss. Looking at his fucking armchair. What? What do you want from me, the heart, Norman? <laughs> I mean, the same we were texting about this last night, you know, to, to move back to Peter's storyline. Obviously, he he enters an amateur wrestling competition oh, or I, I guess semi-professional. I don't know. How are we describing this event? Well, but, I'm sorry. The, let, the wrestling, I mean, just from the very beginning of Spider-Man, the wrestling is very, I mean, it doesn't seem like Stanley knew that wrestling was fake when he made <laughs> sure, Spider-Man. No. The, and they've sort of maintained that through the years, right. which is sort of hilarious. Bonesaw just sells every line I'm sorry, so I just need to, I need to say three things quickly before we get to Bonesaw. I know we're moving very slowly through this movie. We are, and we I, need to move a lot faster. I'm aware. I, we, just want, okay. I want to say My, a uh, I don't have to leave, by the way, so we can just talk. Okay, minute. we can talk a little bit. I, say, I still have it. I know. I, you have to leave. I know. I, eventually. I just <laughs> want to say a couple, a couple quick things. Yeah. Just incredible little Raimi things, okay? First of all, obviously the gag with him catching all the food in the fucking tray in the cafeteria. Incredible. It's, it's so good and a truly seared in my memory. The, the, every yes. catch. Yes. Every, yes. Yeah, right. Because yeah, yeah. it's just like a perfect, simple effect. It's the stuff that Raimi's so good at where it's just like, this is the cheap stuff. This is him jerry-rigging. We went to, Ben and I, we went to a bar the other night. We were playing darts and there was a guy impatiently waiting for the darts board while we were fucking up and doing a very bad job. Mm. Duh. You guys were not good at darts? Shocking. You would be astonished. 
but then we ended up realizing this guy was fucking worked on vinyl. I knew this guy back oh, in the day. Oh, sure. Then we were talking about Raimi. He worked on Spider-Man 2 and 3. And he was saying the thing that was incredible about Raimi was if he wanted more smoke in a scene, he would like grab a grip who smoked and just be like, here's a tube. Just start puffing cigarettes and blow the smoke. That feels very Evil Dead, right? Where he's right, just like, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I just think there are those gags like that. Another image that's seared in my head is when Peter gets chased out of the cafeteria because he's fucking slammed the, the tray on fire. And the, the tray going up the door yes, is yes. so funny. Right, things like that, they're just very tactile, very simple, in camera, whatever. And then that flash fight is so well done. It is. And it's specifically the thing that like the Garfield movie fucks up so badly where you're like, this scene feels mean. Like yeah, well, in the Garfield movie, does he fight them in a subway train or basketball. something? Yeah, that's it. Basketball. basketball. Yeah, and it does feel mean. It, it feels, feels like mean. he's being a bully or right. whatever. And he keeps right. on doing that thing. There's the spider sense moment where there's the CGI, like spitball and the paper airplane. But there's more the thing where Flash punches him. And he goes like, what? He pulls his head back and he and takes he looks the look at and what's astonished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And every time he lands a punch on Flash, he's like, huh? So right. I'm like surprised. It yes. has this great energy tone. of that whole part is like, First, the stuff in the cafeteria is super nightmarish, mm -hmm. like where, what is this coming out of my hands and yes. why can't I get rid of it? And now yeah. everyone's looking at me. It has that- Very like teenage that, nightmare. Yes, yes. that right. teenage nightmare right. of, I forgot my lines in the school play. I forgot to do my homework kind you of thing. You have two separate moments right. where he thinks Mary Jane is waving to him and isn't. Right. It happens outside the field trip and again by the lockers. And then with the fight, it has this wonderful like fantasy element where he actually gets to beat up his own bully, the thing that every nerd ever dreamed of in high school. But then again, it immediately turns where one of the other guys, mm -hmm. who I don't think is named, I don't know who that character is or the actor, who's like, wow. Some Chad. Some Chad, Chad is like, yeah. wow, Parker, you are a freak. So like his yes. one moment of triumph immediately, right. again, that whole Spider-Man like, has to ruin right. Peter Parker's right. life. It immediately goes from, I did it to, oh, I am a loser. Right. It, it has to be one step forward, two steps that back. Yeah. ping-ponging back and forth between nightmare and fantasy is amazing. Same with the wrestling, of course. He's right. triumphant. He well, does it's, great, it's but you're not going to get any money. Exactly. And of course, Back right. to clean court. line of like, he sees her get in the car with Flash Thompson. That's the thing he'll never have. I mean, Flash is so cool. The spiky hair, the tank top. He's 30 years old. <laughs> He's the world's tallest man. He's going to be in Magic Mike XXL at some point. <laughs> Big, Dick play, play, uh, Big Dick Richie. He'll play... Big Dick Richie. No, I know. Uh, oh. Is it Deadshot? Or what, what DC he, characters? He's Deathstroke. He, Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Sorry. Right, right. I always... It, Wade Wilson. Wade Wilson. Right. Slade. No, oh, right. Slade, Slade Wilson. Because Wade Wilson, Wilson is a joke Sorry. version. Right, of, right, right. Jesus. Do you have that Deadpool comic where he goes back to Amazing Spider-Man 36 or one of right? I don't think it's I do. such a class. It's a Joe Kelly one. Mm -hmm. have you, have, do you have it? I have you ever read so. that? No. You know, like, and he, every time he sees Norman or Harry Osborn, he's like, what is the matter with your hair? <laughs> like, it's so good. <laughs> it's, he goes back to the one of the Craven. Anyway, it's a really yeah. funny comic. Yeah. And we don't have time. Um, we should push along, but just shout out uh, Macho Man. Well, well, no, 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 now, now we're going to, okay, so oh, okay. now we're going to, okay. like, we do love the cost. I assume we all love the costume designing montage, something that is never in these movies anymore. No. And feels very, uh, uh, dark manny as well. Very. Yeah. The, yeah. Like, all right, yeah. get some graphing paper and I'm going to, I'm going to really right. like, and you're like, this guy's a good draftsman. Like he's got a clean line. He could probably draw comics if he wanted. Cause it's like. It's what's so annoying about the MCU. Obviously, in the first Iron Man, yeah. he builds that suit. It's so crucial to right. the evolution yes. of the story. Yeah. But then after that, I guess, is it just like, 
Yeah, get some guy Off knocked this together for you. Yeah, right. Shield, right. Yeah, you know no. when we meet Spider Man, obviously. And I just love already. the fucking thick marker coloring it in. Yeah, it's it's so good. There's the MTV Movie Awards parody of this from this year when Jack Black and Sarah Michelle Gellar hosted the show, and it is crazy how like iconic this movie was already. That they're not just referencing and parodying plot beats, but they're also parodying the sort of like the visual language of this movie. And it was already specific enough of like, this is what the costume designing montage looks like. I mean, I do also like the, the connecting the dots of the, of the screenplay where it's like, she, MJ goes off with Flash in his car and yes. he goes to look right. at cars, car ads. He's going to buy a car signs. and that's where right. he sees the wrestling. Yes. Like the way yes. that they connect it actually is it, just very nice in how it Raimi, all structured and flows together. Remy yes. said that like he credits Spider-Man comics in particular with being one of the things that taught him how to be a filmmaker because it was like, how do you put as much story in if one If A, image? then B needs to be well, right. That, that, no, but you're right. You're right. You're right. Aspect, but the, the image. Yeah, but he was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. how do you put as much uh, story in what image and make it sort of graphically exciting? And that whole sequence feels like, how do you establish in two panels why he needs to do all of this? Yeah. Now, in the comics, Matt, you can probably confirm this for me, right? It's Crusher Hogan is the, yes. is the wrestler. Yes, that is he the fights. name of the wrestler. Which is a fine name. It's, it's not, not a bad name. name. But Bonesaw McGraw yeah. is so Incredible. good. And I truly do wish I was one of those people with the uh, you know, the like a uh, cardboard saw yes. going like yeah. this. You on my arm. that scene. So the only times you wished you were on camera. Yet another yeah. uh, Raimi-esque nod to himself, having the guys sawing off yeah, their arms. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But like, oh, I just yeah. love the thought process. Someone's like, I Bruce love Campbell going to that. in the scene, of course. That underground wrestling thing with yeah. the sort of roided up guy. He's my favorite. I'm going to make a homemade saw. I love it. I love it. And I, it's so funny that it is Macho Man. Yeah. Not playing Macho Man. Right. Macho Man is so distinctive. And they come up with this other thing from, I mean, when we recorded our Darkman episode and we were asking Whites what he thought of the Spider-Man and he was like, I think I took Nick Holt to the first one. Is the first one the one with Bonesaw? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, not is the first one the Green Goblin movie, but I feel like Just Bonesaw Give me lives, a couple lines. He lives in our heart. Ready? Hey, buddy, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Bonesaw is ready. I got you for three minutes. And he does three like time. this. And like, his, his fingers look like Vienna sausages. <laughs> He's, everything about him is just like the fucking casing is overstuffed. There's an a, actor. There's a lot of great <laughs> stuff in He's this incredible. You just cannot believe he is not like bursting blood vessels on camera. And yeah. I, I actually have a later moment that's my personal favorite moment in this movie. You're but I think going you could nowhere. argue this is the best part of the movie. <laughs> Unbelievably. A case, a case could be made. <laughs> like, a case could like, be made. Ju just the, um, just like the, I can't believe it. Right. Yes. The power for every line reading. Bruce Campbell doing a great well, job, amazing. obviously. Yeah. That's every bit of that is hilarious. Yes. Like, I mean, the way they drag that out is so good. The cage coming down. What is this event? Octavia Spencer, an incredible oh, she, one. She's shot really performer. funny. Right. She fucking nailed Back when like, she, that was her. She would pop up in yes. movies for one scene. This was yeah. her whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. As like a sassy lady. I mean, right. before she became a multi-Oscar nominee and winner. Yes. Bruce no, Campbell names Spider-Man. Right. He gives him the name. He does. Which is like another, I think, huge Raimi-esque touch I, it, that it, this Bruce Campbell is the one who gives yes, him the name. So the amazing Spider-Man. The shitty, unscrupulous wrestling promoter. Like, all of this is so fucking good. Bonesaw is so funny. 
obviously the did your husband make it for you joke does not age well. Yeah, no, no yeah. It's, that is one of the few moments like, that feels very dated. I know, yeah. and feels even just a little too mean. Even it also, it feels like a writer's room thing, right? Like some, yes. yeah, yeah would, that would never be fly today. But people, well, it should not. I feel like even when people were critical of Toby, they were like, that is the one scene where he's like up against a wall cracking jokes at a guy. You know, he's like taunting the dude yes, a little bit and it feels good natured. But of course, too mean aside from that. Right. And he's joke. not fighting a criminal yet. Who's the guy who plays uh, the criminal? Uh, uh, Michael Papajohn? Michael Papajohn, right? We talked about him, right? Yes. He, in, he appeared in one of the other movies. He's in For the Love of the Game. He's okay. Sam Tuttle, of course, the feared Yankee batter. Okay. He's also, he's one of those guys who I think works very often as a stuntman or stunt coordinator and then does some acting on the side. That's his, that's his on screen. That's right. how he reads, really, right? Right. Right, but I, this is one of his bigger parts in I'm, terms of, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to look up how the thief looks in Spider Man. Obviously, it's right. The, the way they render it visually is very similar. It varies from time to time. Here uh, they give him yeah. like the fucking Corbin Dallas. Like, yeah, he's got this like that's blonde, exactly spiky, who it is. Yeah, but it's also spiky, grown out to the tips. bottom half is dark now. Yeah, yeah, a little sleazy. Yeah, he looks sleazy. He looks. He's yeah, I guess in the comics he has blonde hair. He and he has blonde amazing hair. fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it right. with the brown jacket and yes. the green hat? So I guess they're trying to kind of evoke. It's that. vaguely reminiscent. I do love him going thanks as the like. That's the the real. Well, the two parts, the two parts that are amazing about the staging. And again, like Sam Raimi, just like shooting and stage is, is that it's not just that he lets him go. He moves out of the way to like, and then of course, it's not just inaction. It It is that he moves aside Mm -hmm. and that the burglar acknowledges it and says, thanks is like, and that he has that shit eating grin when he yes. says like I missed the part with that. that's my, my problem, problem. Oh. I mean you know oh, look the guy screwed him out of three yeah. grand and it yeah. feels good in that moment like when you're watching it even though you know what's you coming know what's you're coming. like you're like hell it's yeah. always one step forward two steps back for Peter exactly. like that has to be the formula for any good Spider-Man story uh, the promoter is uh, our friend from the bar in um, yes love of the game yes yes um, yes right right yes yes of course yeah, and of course, uh, Rosemary Harris is in the gift. He's actually borrowing a lot of his recent J.K. Simmons, J.K. Simmons, J.K. Simmons is, in the, is in the gift right. and in for love of the game. Right. Uh, well, that's the funny thing. It's yeah. like now the last two people to play Mary Jane have been Academy Award winners, right? Yes. And yes. even like Lily Tomlin in Spider Verse and Cliff sure. Robertson. Jesus. They talk about J.J. had in the notes that well, he Cliff, was like he's an Oscar winner. The guy they were really trying to sell, where they were like, "We need you to be our Brando. You're our right. like gravitas." But it's like he's a guy who won Best Actor, like. 50 yeah. years earlier, 40 years earlier. Yeah, in the 60s, right, Charlie? Yeah. Right, you know, right. it's like Flowers for Algernon. I've never it's seen it. not like they're getting Gene Hackman to play. Rosemary Harris has an Oscar nomination, I'm aware. too. I mean, uh, let's, let's give it up. Uh, Tom and Viv. Tom and Viv, yeah. yes. No, so somewhat recently. I'm just saying, Cliff Robertson, excellent in this fucking movie, but it's like five years later, they would have been like, we need the number one elder statesman in Hollywood. 100%. Well, they got Martin Sheen for the for the Exactly. Re- Sheen is really good. He's fucking in that good. Movie. Yeah. I mean, he's so suited to it. Yeah. Yeah. But there's something. And Sally Field is really good too. Like everyone in those movies is good. It's just those movies stink. Yeah. It's not they the actor. <laughs> the cast is like A plus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we talked so much about Leary. Dennis Leary's incredible in the Dennis first Leary, one. Like, yeah. you know, and like and obviously Stone, is wonderful. Stone and Garfield have genuine chemistry. Right. chemistry right. Garfield's really good. It's just that the movies are look shitty and are bad. It's yeah. weird that you say Garfield. Well, I he know doesn't it's like me. Mondays. Yeah, he hates them. <laughs> um, and we're recording on Monday and it's rude. You, that's rude. Well, but we're not recording about his movies. So Thank God. I'm sure he hates it. By the way, we're doing the two Garfield movies on Patreon. 
I mean, honestly, fine. Yeah. We'll fall asleep, though. I mean, they're bad. You're tired. I'm trying to do you a favor. <laughs> right, trying to You're always that. asking for a nap. Uh, so, you know, yeah, he learns with great power comes great response. I think the Uncle Ben scene is really tough. It's good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He, he, it's not He stagey. doesn't have like a, like a he doesn't, right, he doesn't dad. say no. something crazy. He doesn't get to say like, it's okay. Like the, he's the last, like in agony yeah. and like crying. Uh, the last brutal. thing they yeah. did obviously was they Big fought fight. and Peter said something yeah. mean to him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, another you know, dad. He turns off some 41 on the radio. Of course. Maybe that's why he's so upset. <laughs> for pleasure. I mean, we're going to talk about the soundtrack, but it is funny that that's the only one of the songs that actually gets used in the movie and it gets used for like five seconds. He's like, I turn this garbage off. Um, no, in terms of things that are seared in my mind about this movie, there's something about the angle from which Raimi shoots Cliff Robertson. Yeah. When he's lying down. there dying. Yeah. And like Cliff Robertson, you know, I think, had some work done to his face, has weird old man Hollywood sort of like trying to fight aging. He's got that kind of funny hair. He's got a funny, I think early hair plugs. I mean, I don't want to disparage the man. That is the vibe. No, but there's something about like when he's lying there, his like upper lip is hanging to the side. He does his like, Peter. And there's something so unglamorous about the yes. way that he dies. Like, it's not a, like, my final breath I bestow onto you. It's, like, upsetting. It's, he looks scared. He looks sad. scared. He's scared to die. He yeah. looks scared and sad. And he can barely get the words out. Yeah. Yeah. Ben. Poor yeah. Uncle Ben. It's, I mean, it's, it's still we, wretched. We should mention Uncle Ben's it car, is. of course, is the classic. is Raimi's car. Raimi's the car. Ash's car. Yeah. Um... You know, and he found a parking spot right there on Fifth Avenue and Forty Second Street. No, what is great place to park? You just sit in the car and listen <laughs> to the fat lip. Did he like go to JNR Music World? Like, what the fuck did he do? <laughs> like, I just don't know what he did all day. I'm gonna go get some noodles. Um, <laughs> he could drive like forward and back to Queen just over and over again. Like, maybe but, like a very sweet moment of Peter coming home to Aunt May. Yeah, I mean that 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 stuff is all really good. Like yeah. and him talking to her about the last time they talked and all that. Right. She's it, it's so He's corny. So you couldn't do it now. No. I'm not even criticizing no. like the the new movies. Like you just couldn't you do couldn't. it now. It's just too straightforward. No. People would yeah, people would just be like, eh. You know? No, but she's she is so fucking good. Uh she is great. Uh I mean she's obviously she's such a favorite from dang meme lords right like i mean the scene of her praying yes and then <laughs> green goblin blowing up breaks through the window <laughs> it is undeniably funny out of yeah. context I mean, but she's someone she just like she has the exact deliver us from evil the whole house well and then the fucking moon dance cafe yelling back at her boss yeah Th- that is I, I forgot that i don't know how i forgot that she works in the moon dance but she does she should have been in the tick tick boom montage that's no a but it's great because it's like Raimi. mary jane worked here but but Raimi trying to like weaponize like what is the magic of new york city yeah right yeah. it's like the jonathan larson fairy tale of like this guy worked at this diner meanwhile he was writing rent who right. knew he was going to change broadway it's like mary jane is working at the place where she hopes that she's about to have if, but like all I, I, three, I just don't know as well, but the first two, you know, Spider-Man working at the pizza place, like yeah. Spider-Man is, these movies are so good at the New York Which was a jobs. real pizza place. I don't of know if it's, it's, I don't think it's still pizza. there anymore. They moved it two doors down. Okay. But, and now but it's like, like some when I moved to New York, it was the there. And yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm going to get a slice no, of pizza. No, it's one of the, the best Spider-Man places in New York City. Pizza place. It, pizza it's, time. It's two doors. What? Pizza time. 
pizza it's just his line in, it's two doors down time. on the same block on the other side around the corner but they still have the sign that says spider-man 2 was shot here um but uh all that stuff is great but yes her mean boss who's like hey mary jane i'm talking to you like I mean, <laughs> yeah. jesus you know like excuse me miss watson <laughs> this was the rhythms of these lines i know so well the energies that actors are bestowing upon them so he's the freaking guy who's got webs coming out of his fucking hands or something. Oh, that whole he shoots, he shoots the ropes and then he climbs up. I him. love that that guy is clearly not an actor. That oh, they were like, no yes, way. shoot fucking Jim Norton and people. Let's shoot Lucy. I Wallace. think he stinks. Is that oh, what yeah. Jim Norton says? Right. I don't like him and I think I he stinks. Think. Right. <laughs> but then there are a couple like the the entire like the lighting style is different on that guy where they clearly went to some real New Yorkers and went describe Spider Man. <laughs> you know, like, Spider Man does the thing <laughs> when he shoots his. He goes like this. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the like ropes doing, come out. He's doing jazz hands. Yeah. Yeah. I not swear. even close to no. the fingers. Again, you could never do this. But yeah, no. the, the man on the street shit. I think he's got a cute little butt and like cutting before she says butt or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, Guy dresses up like a spider. Obvi- obviously, you know, it's around now that you bring in J. Joan Jameson, right? Like, it's, some, it's some, right after somewhere this. there, right? It's yeah. right after this. I mean, so what? You have. Great, great power of great receipt. You know, he makes the costume. You have, I just well, he catches the or he stops the burglar. We didn't, right. we totally skipped. Right. Well, scene. of course, right. Which it, it's another thing where that's the only scene in the movie that kind of feels like it's out of a 2002 action movie where it gets sort of dark and upsetting. It's a little too violent and it has to be like, oh, he's not going to do this again. Yeah. And he doesn't kill him, but he kind of, you know, he knocks falls him out, out of the window. Right. But that's another, another classic Spider Man moment. He falls, you know, he, he gets his revenge or avenges Uncle Ben. Mm hmm. Uh, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. Right. And immediately the cops show up and think he killed him. And so he's immediately he's a, a wanted man and right. all that. It's just classic Spidey. More, I keep, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, repeating myself, but another no, really you're nice right, Spider-Man touch. And the J.K. Simmons. I it mean, comes right out of that montage. We've, the New Yorkers talk about a montage. The, the subway busker who sings the really good version of the Spider-Man song. Of course. We it, should give this, him this is a the nice shit. big I, hug. I truly think the first Donner Superman is the only other one that does this where it's just like we need to sell how important this character is and every step of how he gets to this point is like is a mythical status now it's not even like oh the lore we have to get the lore right it's like you need to understand what this guy represents to people Mm. and I rewatched the Donners and all the multiple cuts recently and like the Donner has that feeling that is so incredible but you're like Half of that movie is the most boring shit in the world. It's a, it's a little The sad. last like, the hour Superman. is like yes. interminable yeah. once it gets into the Luther like land yeah. grab and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie, I always in my mind's eye was like, oh, it's a little bit like that where when it works, it's like magical and there's stuff that's wonky. And you and I were texting about it and like rewatching it now. You're like, what complaints did I ever have about this? I just the, the, so the complaints feel true because it just feels like a special thing. thing. Yeah. And even just the energy of that fucking montage going to like camera in the web as he's like busting the cops and then like the newspaper spinning and then landing on the desk and, then and him just going like the full screwball Who is banter, Spider-Man? you know. He's a menace. Right. You know, but also just the the rhythms of it are so perfect. You know, the the wife's on the phone, like you know, Ted Raimi coming just, in. Like, yeah. There's a problem with Paige. It's his, girl, Fri- yeah, you know, it's his girl Friday all of a sudden. It's, it's so good. Electric. It's exactly what you need. Bill Nunn. Bill Nunn as Robbie Robertson. Of so, course. Uh, great calm energy. Right. In between albums. Um, in between Scorsese soundtracks. But I mean, they even gave him the hair, the flat top. Yes. I mean, that was the other part I remember, vi- you know, in the, in, sitting in the theater where yes. I was like, holy crap. Like, like they have gone like full comic. Yes. Because right. they have brought all the characters. You've got 
Robbie Betty Robertson, you got Betty right. Brandt. Right. He's got the flat top and he's doing like a really intense, like, it's like, you know, like when you're saying like watching the cartoons of Spider-Man, like that yeah. is as cartoony a J. Jonah Jameson or more so than any of the cartoons were. I, and, and, and Simmons audition is fascinating. Because obviously it's like Remy likes the guy. I think he, you know, He'd done two was, movies with them, right? right was yeah. pulling for him and whatever. But you're like, you can tell that Simmons doesn't think he can go this far in the audition. Uh, sure, he assumes, right. He's trying to put, right. put a realistic sheen on it or whatever. Right. Right. And Remy's like, go full Howard Hawks. Right, this is, right, right. yeah. I mean, I love, I mean, J. Jonah Jameson is like one of my favorite comic book characters. It's I, funny how he's like, he's like an Oreo Hydrox thing where you're like, Perry White is first, but J. John Jameson's so much better. Yeah. The ripoff is like so far superior. It is. I love that they do have the detail here that he does stick up for Peter in yes. that crucial moment because yes. the whole thing with J. John Jameson, he's not really a bad guy as a journalist, generally, except that, like, Spider-Man is, is this, this like, weird blind, blind spot. spot. Right, right. That he cannot get he over despises it. despises Spider-Man but, irrationally. Like, there's so many good Marvel plot lines where he's kind of like a sort of Woodward and Bernstein-esque, yes. like, journalistic figure. And I do, so I do like that they give him that little moment, but obviously he's mostly this cartoon who wants his wife to not, you know, spend money. It's also like, just, you talk about fucking maximum impact. Freelance! He's yeah. into <laughs> Best thing in the world meat. for a guy I'll here. send you some Christmas meat. Christmas yeah. meat. I love that. Sorry, go ahead. There's the moment where he does the finger point. Yes, yeah. The door. <laughs> yeah, right. Which is everything about this. It's like... That's what's good about Scrooge. Like, full exchange of one sentence each. Then get it down to one word each. And then get right. it down to just face gesture. Right. <laughs> like, <Yeah. you> know, <laughs> right. And just the way this shit stacks and two and three have so much more of him that you Because forget. they're like, people love this. Right. But it's we just two scenes, basically? Three? Pretty much? Yeah. yeah I mean, it's like, it's like it's two scenes, like I think. Five minutes of screen time that are so fucking impactful where I just remember that like playing like fucking gangbusters yeah. with the crowd where people just like, the energy of it was unstoppable. Every single line, every look is getting like a laugh. And then you have that thing where he's uh, the, what, where Robbie Robertson says, like, Eddie's been trying to get a photo of him all week. And fans were like, can you believe? They almost they had him able. in it, right? Like, they, yeah. they, they had like a deleted scene or something, or they, they cast someone oh, to play yeah. Eddie Brock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, carry on. No, but that was the kind of thing where you're just like, they really made this for the fans. In right. one scene, they refer to a guy by his first name, right? Who we know later right. is that, a guy. It's, it's funny how that used to excite. Right, me, yes. and now, like when the MCU does it, I'm like, eh, fuck get off. the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, like in the Winter Soldier, when the guy's like Doctor Strange, I'm like, I don't stop care. trying to jerk. <laughs> <me off. laughs> Sorry, yeah. I do. Get your well, hands it was off still again. Dick. This is another one of those things that this movie was really one of the first to do because now it's just every movie, and we're sick of it. And in this, every movie, like, movie someone loads a database where you see 14 names. Exactly whatever, right, you know, and, yeah. and 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 you know, again, most movies try to try to avoid all that stuff. At don't, the time. Don't, don't, you don't want to like, scare anyone off. Right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, Spider-Man fights crime. Norman Osborn pushes back against, I will say, quite fairly pushes back against some pretty nasty corporate warfare. Yes. 
You know, I think he did invent the company. I built this company. It's a called Oscorp. They're yeah. just like, we're selling it, and you're pretty weird. No, so you're out, of, you're out of the deal, buddy. Yeah. He's still like doing the work. He's not just some figurehead. He's like in the lab tinkering every night. Like he's Yeah, I mean, I will say, right. I mean, there are some downsides, such as he takes his own formula, makes him insane, Back he commits to murder. Back <laughs> no, to but formula. I'm saying he's not like Steve Jobs where he's no, like, no, he's come up with a his arms, goblin potion. His shirt sleeves are rolled up. Yeah, is, yeah it's true. He's burning the midnight. He has oil. a fair point. And, um, and that's look, it's a thing that Raimi is really smart about like just all the characterization in this movie is so clean but just like the idea that you immediately see the the something of a scientist myself yeah. moment hits because Norman loves that he can talk to a fucking kid who gets it. I, I like the little bits in the dynamic there where he's obviously more he doesn't like his son. Right. Like he's disappointed right. in his son. And, and he's movie, sort of interested in Peter. The movie's yeah. not going to devote 30 minutes into like Norman mentoring But him. there's a nice parallel to right. how Green Goblin is like, Spider-Man, like, be crazy like right. me. Yeah. Kirk Connors and and even Octavius and two and three are like much more like really guiding him. Yeah. In the early stages. But there is just the thing that like he immediately takes a shine to this kid and it immediately makes him resent his own son a little more. Like who's this mopey fucking loser who hates how rich he is? And doesn't even know how to make formulas. I, I just want to... The Green Goblin's art. Okay. He's mad that they're going to sell the company and not buy his right. thing. Right. Then so he goes he back kills to formula. Everyone. He kills he them so they can't sell the, sell sell the company. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he finishes everyone else off at the Unity... Mm -hmm. World Unity Parade. Right. Turns them into skeletons. Right. After that, he is kind of out of mission. Yes. And so again, I guess he just, he's just angry at Spider -Man. Spider Man. He's just pissed right. off at Spider Man slash maybe wants for him to be fucking his... with him, right? Yeah, yeah, for yeah, and and then becomes sort of like obsessive. Right, power he's, I mean, he is legitimately insane. He is mad. He's so a mad he man. sort of fixates yeah. on this person. But it is a, a very simple. He doesn't. Uh, you're right. Character. He doesn't have a lot of other objectives. He actually <laughs> <Right>. achieves his goal. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He actually 100. But, but mind you, he, he like, succeeds. But then, yeah. it, but then he keeps going. What yeah. What is right. the Joker trying to do in '89 Batman? I can't remember. Rob Art, <laughs> right? right. Like, like cause mischief. Like the yeah, same thing crazy. with the Penguin, where he's like, I hate everybody. Well, he wants to be the mayor at least. He does a no, run for mayor. I rewatched right. this the other night. He loses the mayoral campaign. Like, I mean, there's course, a lot more leak audio of him speaking disparagingly about the citizens of the town. <laughs> I don't like Gotham. And, yeah, and then the last right. third of the movie is just like chaos. <laughs> yeah, sure. No, you're right. It's Kill the sort babies. Of, it like, is all, sort of a trope. It is things, how it goes. Right. Yeah. It's it's another smart thing that Raimi finally does in Spider Man Two, where he's like. Let Doc Ock rob some banks. Let him like right. He needs money. To build he's trying to thing. build, and right. he needs to get yeah. sacks with dollar bill signs <laughs> he sure on them. Yeah, from Joel McHale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I'm just like it's just Spider Man solves crime. Obviously, he yeah. beats up robbers who right. tend to wear tight fitting black clothing and yes. you know ski masks. Yeah, ski masks. Right. Uh, but, but there yeah. is there is no Green Goblin end of the world plot. No, there is no not. greater no, thing. No, he's there's, not trying to destroy New York right. City. There's no portal there's opening. No yeah. portal. There's no blue laser beam. It, you do. Right. It, it is insane for how much this felt like the biggest movie in the world at the time, and it was just shorthand for like expensive, overly promoted blockbuster where you're like, it is so gentle in its tone. It has like seven primary characters. Yep. Most of them are civilians. Yeah. Some of the crucial scenes, like you say, are, you know, Mary Jane talking to Peter in the yard, the Thanksgiving scene, yeah. you know, the, the weird dynamics. But even of the that. final showdown happens in like an abandoned greenhouse my, and they throw each other through some windows. My personal favorite sequence is the fire. Um, oh, sure. When he goes in to rescue the baby and we don't follow him in. Mm hmm. And Raimi just keeps the camera on the mother's face yes. as she's freaking out. And then he comes out with the baby. 
Right. And you're like, holy shit, that was so effective. And yes. we, nothing even... Then, of course, he goes back in and Green Goblin's wearing an old lady <laughs> shawl. And, you know, the, right. there's plenty of stuff that does happen. But, like, uh, I just love... I'm an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> I know how I'll get him. <laughs> That's the <a> formula. <laughs> Obviously that, but I do... I'm something of a scientist <laughs> But I, the simplicity of yeah. the baby yeah. and the burning. But again, you couldn't do it now. No, no. no. If Tom too, Holland does that, it's jokey. I like, think yeah. it belongs to another age. Yeah. I think I said this to you. But when I saw No Way Home, and the first two hours, I'm like, yeah, I get it, I get it, fine. The there's first, no way home, we understand. We understand. He's tried. He's used the back end. Trend. Imagine if this movie had the plot of No Way Home, where he's like, has to go to Doctor Strange. <laughs> Sorry, like, I can't get into college. <laughs> right. Okay, I understand. But it's less about me and it's more about my friends. Um, have you ever used a potion on a bad holiday party? <laughs> Carry on. Sweaty you, you go. You go. It's the worst. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but uh, I, I'm sitting there the whole time and I'm just like, I, I think Bill Gurr wrote a, a similar review where he's like, okay, Spider-Man yeah. is the most cinematic of all superheroes. Like his power set is so cinematic. There's so much you can do with it even for how much I think the web movies stink, and a lot of it probably is sort of second unit, viz, yeah. effects, design teams. There are, like, striking images. There's some cool web They get, some, they right. get some good things yeah. in there, right? And I think the web movies have largely been... Uh, I'm sorry, not the web. The uh, fucking... Uh, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Yes, the Watts movies have largely been devoid of that. And low wattage? First, I'm sorry? They've been low wattage. Okay. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> Uh, one comedy point. Um, the first moment in No Way Home where I got like the goosebumps feeling yeah. was when they're in fucking Ned's grandma's kitchen, uh, yeah. uh, Mike Mitchell's least favorite location in the history of cinema. Yeah, and they're like, "Prove that you're Spider Man." And, and he walks up the wall. Yeah, he just yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just Garfield clearly in yeah. a fucking harness holding up the wall, and it's like the sort of Spider Man running to the building coming out. Like the times where it's Spider-Man is just on the ground and then like Toby has to like take three steps and run and just jump off camera and you don't even see him swing, you know, like on the rooftop when he's like your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and then he just runs out of frame. There's he, something about he jumps like, over like a trampoline that was very clearly hidden, like just below the, yeah, uh, the, or, the bushes. You like can't see it. The fucking fork being stuck to his hand in the cafeteria, like these things that are just these simple it it still is the stuff that hits the fucking hardest. Well, and Macy Gray, that hits hard. Macy Gray hits hard. Um, when the the I'm trying to think when the backyard scene happens between the, Mary Jane between and Mary Peter, Jane and that's Peter. way we're already way past. Right. I know, I know. Is it's it before Uncle early. Ben dies? No, it's after Uncle Ben is. It's dead, after he's gotten the bite because there's the thing where she's like, "You're taller than I realize," and he goes, "I slouch," which is right. somehow the most erotic. Well, it's right thing. after. It's right after the fight because she he asks how right. Flash is. Okay, so yeah, so it's before ben Uncle dies. Ben dies. Right. right. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that moment. I mean, first off, it's just like coming out of the. I, I don't think they overdo the sort of Watson household shit. No, but you know, but she plays it very well, and there is that energy of like talking to someone at, when you're witnessing them in you the weird emotions of a very intimate yeah. thing. That's like, you know, uh, uh, very personal and whatever. There is a line reading that Toby has that every single time makes me want to cry, and just how like delicate it is. Where he asks her what she wants to do, and she's like, "It's fucking embarrassing. I want to be an actress. I want to be a bro." And then she starts. Like, Talking about her dreams. And he says, that's perfect for you. And she Cried at like, Cinderella. <laughs> and she said, Peter, we had, that was like. Kindergarten. 
right. know, fifth, first grade. First grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even yeah. still, that, it's that. It's I know. Even so. It, he like takes a long time to Such a corny reply. He's not yeah. embarrassed at all. Yes. He's like, even so. He doesn't do the, that's awkward. Well, thing. you just know. The nice part too you about see people and you just know. Yeah. yeah. The nice part about that stuff too is kind of like with the um burning building is Raimi never goes into that house. No. You, you just, just see the dad you are in with the Peter. You're yeah. observing it. You're overhearing the snip. So you get the flavor of it. You know what's going on there. But he right. doesn't like you it's it's much more of the observer witnessing it. Here's she, another thing I love about it. He's not Spider-Man yet. He's been part of this fight. The fight ended up freaking people out more. Right. Even when she brings it up, she was like, quite a display earlier today. Right, she's right? not into it. It's not that she's now into him because he's Spider-Man. He's she's sort of noticing him for the first time, even though he's been next door her entire fucking life. But the difference is that he's got a little confidence now. Like, for the first time, he has the wherewithal to actually, like, look her in the eyes and stand in a place and not slouch and all that sort of shit. It's like it's such a sweet, tender quiet scene. I agree. I mean, I don't think Dunst has a ton to do in this movie. Like, no. she gets more in the second one. She yeah. is very damsely yes. in the yeah. back half, obviously. Yeah. It's also funny that her, she's not a redhead in this movie. She no. has red hair. Yeah, her yeah. Hair is the her, color of blood. <laughs> her costumes, too, are very, yes. like, that's another thing about this movie that I feel like 2000s, the midriff. Yeah, the a lot of midriff, a lot of yeah. cleavage, yes. a lot of tight shirts. And then, of course, the Iconic, uh, insane uh, kimono thing. Well, that as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, yeah, just the world unity. The way she outfit. is sort of costumed in the hair and that would that. I mean, very weird. By the way, the Harry's like, why aren't you wearing black? My dad loves black. My dad what loves black. talking about. He wants your girlfriend to be in a cocktail dress. Like, what do you? What is anyway? So matter. strange. Can we do, sidebar for a second here? Sure. The Spider-Man action figure line. No oh boy. Matt has brought a representative. Should up. I go to the bathroom? No. <laughs> No, you shan't. Okay, go on. Uh, first of all, I think it was in this weird transitional stage where after this, they were like, oh, we only make the heroes and the villains. But the Spider-Man action figure line, because the movie was just so fucking anticipated, they did like all the civilian figures. Uh -huh. Oh, it's great. So Matt has brought his Peter Parker. Tobey Maguire. He's Good doing a, he's doing it's a web. It's exactly the scene where he's practicing the webs in his room and right. he like he grabs the, the can, the right. Dr. Pepper uh, product placement. With the That's fucking bookshelf with like individual chess pieces and the lamp and all the things that you could knock yes. down. He has he a backpack. You squeeze it and yeah. it shoots uh, water out of his, his web hand. Which is hand. smart. That's the smartest way anyone's ever done his fucking web shooting as an action figure. But I like that, yes, it's an action figure of just him in his bedroom with a fucking bookshelf knocking things over, okay? The Mary Jane action figure was her in the kimono and her action feature, because they have to make it exciting to sell to little boys. She came with the little balcony and uh -huh. he pushed a button and it fell over. It would over. fall over. She yeah. literally just had... It's very Broadway. <laughs> it feels like the, the chandelier in Phantom. Damsel in distress <laughs> Detachable balcony. That's a great no. call. Right. It was damsel in distress action where you could just yeah. mount it on the wall and push a button and have her fall down so Spider-Man could catch her. I mean, yeah. I Maybe mean, my favorite action figure of all time, the yeah. J.K. Simmons. Oh, I was J. just going to say, the best one, figure. though, is the J. Jonah Jameson. It has desk slamming action. Yes. Uh, There's a button can, on the back. He can demand he pictures. His fist right, up and he right, holds right, his pointer right. finger up. And they built the desk where it has like little rattling pieces yes. that will actually like rattle and move. Right. It's There's amazing. like a bottle of heart medication and like a stack of files and whatever. And they're attached but loosely. So when he slams it, everything shakes. That sounds Incredible. great. And there's a fucking Norman Osborn figure that's him just wearing a nice button down shirt with rolled up sleeves. And he comes with his comfy chair with the mask on it, and the chair yells at him. That's great. It's just a, uh, an action figure that looks like a dad, 
and then you just push a button. It goes like, fuck you, Norman. You <laughs> back to formula. The heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think of other things that are happening. Never made a bone saw, though. No, that's, that's weird. true. I know. Especially because they couldn't rest, get the rights to Macho Man. Yeah, maybe, maybe Macho was, Man had his a rights thing. were tied up Did by some wrestling company. Did he go over to WWF company. at that point? No, he never WCW. went back. No, he never went back to WWF. Quibbs had both licenses at the You're same right. time. You're absolutely right. Actually, very weird. Hmm. I always um, wanted a bone saw. Can we talk about the kiss? Kisses, because um, that's a pretty iconic kiss. I'd say huge. I'm looking is, at you, David. <laughs> it is iconic. Yeah, you're looking at me because see, see I don't actually like it as a representation of realistic kissing. It makes no sense. Well, yeah. And upside down, then right side And of course, like Kirsten Dunst and Toby McGuire talk about, oh, it sucked. The water was going up right. my nose. JJ like, like had a full page in the dossier about them just being like truly the most unpleasant, complicated, y- difficult, right, technical. Right. And I, it rained me the whole time. Miserable. It's just like, yeah, but it's gonna, it's, it's gonna, gonna work. work. He like, was right. Know. But he, he was like, right. Of when course. When she peels the mask down, you see like, he's got fucking <laughs> macho man neck. We're like, he it's looks, just weird. Yes. <laughs> like the blood vessels are popping out and everything. Because he's hanging upside down. Right, they're, probably... like, they're pouring water on us. Like we're kissing on one side. The other side we're exhaling. Because otherwise it's essentially like waterboarding him. I, I always just think though like that is there a sexier moment in superhero movies since then? Like superhero movies today are so sexless. Yes. That 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 kiss as Awful as I'm sure it was to film. No, no, no it's at it's least legitimately like there's you, there's like some chemistry there. There's yeah, some heat. hundred percent. And, and it's I, just like how how sad is it that twenty years later I don't know that we've gotten a better like a sexier moment in a superhero. Well, and it's the thing that the first four the the Guff Hingle Spider uh, Batman quadrilogy get as well, which is like part of the appeal for these women is the weird costume and shit, like the mystery guy thing. You know, yes. that she's like turned on by the idea of Spider-Man. Yeah, Chase Meridian, of course, is right. very into Batman. Well, she's chasing him. She is chasing him yeah. and it's a Meridian. Um, but that thing where she's like willing to admit to him, like, I have a crush on somebody. It's Spider-Man. That whole scene is really great. I already mentioned it, obviously, it's the monologue he does. I cannot believe they pulled it. It is. You, and like you said, I do remember, yes, at the time, like, this is the thing. At the, the audience time, was like, this is too Right. Boring. Me and my yeah. teenage boyfriends right. who went to see it all in a right. group. We, I'm sure, I'm like, camera, you know, we probably kind of zoned out during that scene. I remember a lot of scoffing at the, you mess with one New Yorker, you mess with all of us, just because it felt very on the nose. Well, and you time. saw the movie in New York. I saw you? it in London, of course, at the Odeon mm. Leicester Square. That's huh. weird. Where yeah. I grew up. Where is that? London. Because I guess like, New London. It's early Connecticut. It's May. It's early summer, so school wouldn't have been over yet. Why no. are you on summer vacation? Early May. No, indeed. And I mean, like, it's 2000, so I'm 16. So we're fairly, I feel like it's 16. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, we think we're smart. You're right? lads. We're like, well, we are a bunch of lads, but you know, I feel like we're also just sort of like, well, that was inserted, you know, because right. you know, to try and. You know, it's a post 9-11 thing, yeah. right? Like we felt we we oh, felt it right. as this See, kind of awkward, like right. New Yorkers. See, thing. I saw it Regal Union Square and everyone six was months after 9-11. And, right. and even if people were groaning, they were like, come on, let's yeah, fucking right, give it right. to them. Now I watch it, I'm like, this is great. The whole Best movie should be this. <laughs> like, yeah. it's so good. New right. Yorkers. Right. Every right. movie like this needs to I feel like the the first Avengers is like the only one of the Marvel movies that the, gets the, a little bit of Yeah, New York y. The Watts, yeah. I mean, Zach Cherry doing a flip. As the in the Watts movie, right? But like the first Avengers has the like Cap fighting with the cop, 
Yeah, and what's her pants as the waitress or yeah, like right. you know they try to There's do a little, little bit, bit of like this is happening right in New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, they do. But it's just I fucking love all of it in this. Um, I love it more it, in the second. It's yeah, sort yeah. of interesting that like that the that you know Jameson hates Spider-Man, the newspapers are printing he's a menace and the cops are after him, but all the New Yorkers, like the true New Yorkers, they get it. They know he's a good guy. You know, mm-hmm. like I think that's a big part of it. It is classic whole... Spider-Man, right? Yeah, yeah. I do like when the cop though is like, you're under arrest and he's like, I'm going up there and the cop's like, I'll be here when you okay. get back. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not coming, coming back. back. Yeah, yeah. All right, that. go, go. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. really my favorite. Scene. You know what's yeah. funny? Like, I agree that the Green Goblin, like there is something about the voice feeling disconnected. Obviously, I'm sure most of that even though it is Defoe in the suit, had to be redone just because you can't hear anything through that fucking mask. Right. It helps Spider-Man that Toby's voice feels disconnected. There's something that feels like like a cartoon show about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? he's a little unreal. Like, you don't see his jaw moving. Yeah. You know, he yes. his gestures don't perfectly line up, but there's something a little unreal and unnatural yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, whereas the Green Goblin, of course, is very natural. Uh, whenever he's on my friend Michaela I I, this was my 13th birthday party my birthday was in February and I said to my parents I'm punting my birthday party all the way to May because I want my birthday to be Spider-Man and so all my friends parents were like I thought your birthday was like four months ago and I was like it was I was just waiting for Spider-Man but I went with a bunch of boys and my friend Michaela and she always talks about that rooftop scene where it's like what the fuck is this thing where he's like leaning up against (laughs) the wall and be like Listen here, Spider Man. <laughs> we're not so different, you and I. He's got that thing where he puts the elbow up. It's really a it. terrible pitch by him. He does an awful job yeah. being like joined forces. He's really offering nothing except like we should be insane. I won't kill you. Right? JJ made the tweet about it, but the like cancel culture is coming for both you and I, Spider Man. <laughs> you gotta go to Patreon. <sighs> um, what are some other things apart from the, you know, the, you know, the, it ends with the Queensboro Bridge and then the big fight. But is there anything else we're I mean, not? I have like a more general thing, a really yeah. thing that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Which is the thing that I like about, um, well, we've said a lot of things that I like about this mm. movie. But, you know, Raimi, I've been like, because I've been rewatching a lot of his movies, uh, not just for this, but, you know, we've got the new one coming out. Mm. And so I've been rewatching like all of his movies because it's been so long since he's had a new movie. Yeah. Sure, that's why we're doing this series, right? And um, I've been like wondering if, if, this is a crazy kooky and you can tell me to shut up, but I'm almost wondering if, if we could give Sam Raimi credit in a weird way for like invention uh, inventing torture porn in a very different way. Hmm. Go on. Because all of his movies are about torturing Ash mm. and getting off on that. Obviously it's not as violent. It's not as uh, it's cartoony, bloody, right, yeah. right. but his whole vibe is like, isn't it fun to, to watch this guy go through hell. Suffer. It is right. funny that like... And it seems like Doctor Strange 2 is going to have that vibe. Yeah, a little so. bit. Like, yeah, I'm hoping right. it does. It's like it, it's, but it's, you're right. It's a little more psychological torture porn, even though with things like Evil Dead, it, it will become physicalized. But I mean, you just get the sense watching Evil, Evil Dead 2 and especially Army of Darkness that he's just having... You can hear Sam Raimi laughing from behind yeah. the camera at every horrible thing he does to... Uh, Bruce Campbell. And I think he and had the that, same relationship with Toby. I mean, he'll that talk about That energy like, is in this movie. Right, right. Like, you really, and, and that energy is in Spider-Man comics, is the other sort of yes. thing that I want to get at. It's like, yeah. part of the fun, quote-unquote, of Spider-Man is watching him be miserable. Right. He's never going to be successful. Every right. issue, like, when I wrote that book, like, you go back and reread the classic issues, and it's like, every issue ends the exact same way. Spider-Man wins, but 
it screws up Peter's life. And right. every last panel is Peter walking off alone into the distance yeah. with a big shadowy like Spider-Man image watching over Which him. is essentially what this fucking movie ends. That's it's, exactly it's, how this movie ends. Incredible. And it's just yeah. like over and over again, it's like it is, it is like watching this guy. I think you said like a step forward, yeah. two steps back. And, you know, even little details like watching him getting bashed by Bonesaw. Yes. Like, you know, watch, like he gets the, and getting the crap kicked out of him at the end of the movie by the Green Goblin and his, his costume is all shredded, shredded and he looks right. horrible. Yeah. Like the one strand by of the, the costume really across the face, yeah. which they also made a toy of. Yes, like, battle ravaged Spider-Man. Like, yeah. there is just out. like, he is really like wallowing in like making this guy's life miserable, which is like to the core of, it's um, funny, yes. I mean, it, he's he's inherently a good fit for this material in terms of his themes in that way. And the other one, which I think I, I talked about this maybe in the Simple Plan episode, but you realize like almost all of his movies are about people who make one decision or experience like one moment that fundamentally changes them for the rest of their lives. And in almost every other one of his movies, it is that moment, moment dooms them, right. right? You play the tape, you open the book, you find the bag of money, right? Yes. Like a dark man getting burned alive, like all this shit. And then people just become monsters. They lose their humanity. They go insane, all of that. And the difference is with Spider-Man, it is the great power, great responsibility. The fact that someone says that to him, you know, and it's like he's gotten the spider bite. He has the moment where he could become a monster and it's checked. And then there's this morality in place where it's him still fighting a universe that constantly is fucking with him and fucking him over. But he's still kind of can't really let go of his yeah. fundamental goodness. There's a lot of ash, like, in yeah. Spider-Man. Like, yeah. I had never really thought about it until sort of recently. But, like, even just like you're saying, like, the fact that they're both sort of, like, people who are in the wrong place at the wrong yeah. time and sort of one gets bitten and one listens to a, a tape. Right. And they're just sort of set off on this journey that they're totally ill-equipped for in the beginning. And to they didn't handle. right. They didn't crave. Right? They don't like, right, like right, Peter exactly. Parker doesn't want to be. But in, a in like every other Remy right. movie, it's a curse. Yes. Yes. And it's still sort of I And mean, it's kind of He a curse says it's my gift, it's my curse it's at the end. That's the difference. Right. Spider-Man right. he's putting the balance in. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just this is the kind of stuff is just not for the faint of heart. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and if someone told you, you it was coming back guy, to they that. lied. Um it, it, there's a, a thing that was pulled up in the dossier about like I think when he was filming the gift and working with Blanchett. And he was like, this was such an incredible dynamic. Do you want to say this? Oh, I can find the quote, but it's him being like, I need an actor. I need a yeah. real actor who I can talk to in this way where we have the same language and the same I mean, level of interest. rude to Freddie Prince Jr., by the way. You don't yes. think that guy... No, uh, let me find the... Uh, I learned after watching Kate uh, perform well so well for so long, I decided that's what it's all about. It's about a great actor or actress. That's what I need. That's why I went after Ho Toby Maguire so hard, harder than I should have. Yeah. Like, ringing his doorbell at midnight or I don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like what you say, you know, someone I could talk to in an intimate way to make sure he understood like, everything I did. Right. right. So it was a two-pronged thing where he needed someone who was like that adept intelligence and actor, but he also needed to find a Bruce. Like he needed to find someone who could be a collaborator for him and he could have that same sort of friendliness with. And there's a thing in one of the five billion featurettes I watched where Defoe is like, I actually like, Toby is good at the thing that I'm not good at, which is I just read the script and do the thing. And Toby is a guy who like obsessively studies the script and internalizes it right, and asks right, questions right. and pushes back and wants to like, and his performance feels so natural in this movie because I don't really think he's like trying to outwardly act it as much as he's just really thought about everything this guy needs to represent. 
but that also Raimi can speak to him in broad terms about like, this is the scene where we all get off on your misery. You know, like you have to be really pathetic here or it has to work as like a color in the palette and all that sort of stuff. And he would like sit down with Jim Norton and be like, you don't like him and you think he stinks. You think he stinks. (laughs) Like smells. He affects your nostrils. (laughs) Stink lines. Um, Wafting around. Uh, I'm trying to think of other. Yeah. I mean, I really like the Thanksgiving scene just because it's bizarre. Why are they having Thanksgiving at their Soho loft and not... Norman's mansion or Peter's nice queen's home. Right. And it's also, this is the first time he's meeting Mary Jane. Yeah, It's like the worst this could possibly go. It doesn't it's clearly, go great. It's clearly for the reason of they, to, to stage the great which moment. Which is great. Which is amazing where he comes in through the window upstairs and they search for him and right. Norman thinks, he, you know, like that, that's the reason is that you couldn't have him like sneaking around in Norman Osborne's mansion but like that, that yes. make also sense. that amazing Raimi transition where it's like the laughing goblin face engulfed in flames oh, to transitions Defoe, like, into ah. Defoe, sort of like heat stroking and yeah. yellow some of those tra- like obviously oh, the explosion into, into the mortarboards the, the mortarboards is oh, so, yeah. good. Uh, so but, good but it, like once again this is like a scene that's like a weird comedy of manners yes where most people would play it just for tension of like I'm sniffing him out am I figuring out his identity instead you have like Aunt May knocking which, which is Norman's hand, again, hand when he reaches for the candy. Mac can testify that the weird comedy of Aunt May is very present yes, in yes. those early These Dicko are all books. things that like most people would be scared to work into the film. I do love understands. her knocking his hand. It's very Yeah, and then his, his look where you're like, is he going to murder her? <laughs> yeah. Gonna, and of course, he does try to murder her later. Of course, basically. Yes. He blows up her house. The turkey, him yeah. with the knife, the ch- and then like, right, the yeah. thing where he steps outside and is like so fucking awful the way he talks about Mary Jane. He's like, have your fun, then dump her, you know? <laughs> broom her is broom, what he broom said. Broom her. Like, she's like, fucking, like, get Sandman at the Apollo out to give her the fucking dance off. And when he mentions the ravening wolves. Yeah. That has to be the only movie in Hollywood history where someone <laughs> talks about ravening wolves. <laughs> like, what a fucking awful evening for Mary Jane. And by the way, they never even really got to eat. Uh, yeah, they didn't eat. That's a, a very frustrating. They don't even eat. He leaves yeah. Thanksgiving before any food turkey. is served. Yeah. yeah. And I love the, the fucking consolatory phone call that Harry does afterwards where he's just like such a putz. Like he doesn't know what to say. Frank is just really good. He's at, really at good at weird, being like yeah, a dude weirdo. Like, Can I buy you? Like, yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. I think the other, one other thing that, uh, that's like a ra- the, the Raimi part that I really like is especially like as we're talking about the ending, like, the intensity of like the punches yes. uh, is something that again, like I don't think you like you really yeah, especially feel at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. how yeah. hard they're supposedly hitting each other. I don't know if it's the zooms, if it's the editing. And the sound the effects. Stunt work. Raimi's so fucking good at the sound crunching. effects for impact. Yeah. yeah. People, you know, like Peter gets punched and he flies halfway across yes. the, the 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 building. And it's just like the movies today, it, maybe it's because it's all CGI and it's less. Yeah, men, it, it, or it's more intricately choreographed and it's a lot of flipping and spinning. Like also, this is just like people punching each other. And there's, it's a lot of coverage. It's they shoot these things a thousand fucking ways, which means you can be less specific about it because you need it to be a little more modular for the pieces. And Raimi always shoots for the edit. Like he edits in right. camera. The precision. And it's like this one shot is only going to work for this one punch. And I'll take 
four hours to set it up because it will matter. Yeah, even though it's a PG-13 movie, there's like an intensity of yeah. like an Evil Dead movie in like the punching. Yeah, and the there was, I, again, to yeah. up the ante with that, right? Like the hospital. Even scene right. more so, yeah. yeah. Like he, he get, he's a little more free to do that stuff. There's a default line I love where he's like, you know, we weren't sure how the goblin was going to move and I did like Muay Thai and I did all these different martial arts techniques. We were trying everything. And then ultimately it all looked a little goofy. So uh, Green Goblin ended up being more your Mean potatoes punching and kicking guy. <laughs> puncher. He's a big puncher. A mean potatoes puncher. What do you guys think of the um I feel like it was a real trope at the time, the you know, the gliders coming at Green Goblin. Yeah. And then we cut to like a separate shot of Willem Dafoe going, Oh, oh. and then like oh. it kills him. Like they did that in a bunch of movies. Yeah. What do we think of that? In this it's so effective. It, it, it's very effective. I think yeah. because the, he doesn't say it in a jokey way, it's truly right. like like, oh. And I really like yeah. him afterwards saying, don't tell Harry. That's the part yes. I love. That's the stuff that, that's don't the thing tell that Harry. lands. Yeah. 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 Which uh, is, again, another huge, like, Spider-Man-y thing where it's like, he's defeated his enemy, but now he has, he feels responsible enough right. that he's going to obey the wishes of this lunatic <laughs> this and person. ruin his he relationship. absolutely tell Harry about Yes. It. Yeah, he's <laughs> got to tell And instead, he <laughs> yeah. ruins his relationship with his yeah. best friend right. and dooms, like, their, and he's going to become the goblin himself and yada, yada, yada. It is, it's just, like, yeah. awesome. It's just funny. I feel like the the um, what you call it? Glider. No, the the uh, what is it? The tram. Oh, the Roosevelt, Roosevelt Island tram. tram. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that moment, the bridge. I feel like that was sort of being like positioned in the trailers and everything as like the big final yeah, action of course. because you're right. also echoing the like Green Goblin dropping Gwen Stacy. Are they gonna fucking do this? Right. Why they flip the order? The girlfriends kind of thing. And it is like it does then just transition to these two guys in like a pretty compact space just exchanging blows it's good. and then the death is so intimate like he gets it a is. fucking inch away from this guy who is sadly telling him not to what, what does he say right before he kills him is it it's not goodbye peter it's like sayonara no it's not what the ah, like, i can't remember now i'll say the quotes page for this movie is 47 pages you're long. kidding me uh shit I can't remember. Well, whatever. I just like the way his face changes and he's going to kill him. Right. I like there's also yeah. the great thing where he says, you know, thank when he pretends to be Norman one last that's time. Right. That's right. He yeah, says, yeah. thank God for you, Peter. And then, of course, Harry repeats that at the at the funeral and says, thank God for you, Peter. You're the yeah. only family I have. Like, that's another really lovely, like, touch as well. It is. It's It's good stuff. It is just kind of incredible, though, watching this where you're like, man. Two just takes the ball and runs with it. Like it unpacks everything that this movie set up well and just expands. Where I'm like, Rosemary Harris is so good in this. And you're like, right. But in like two, they give her like these fucking scenes. And like J. Jonah Jameson has like several bits. It's you true. know, and Harry's really angry. Two is better than this movie in every way. But, the, you know, this movie was proof of formula or whatever. Or proof of, proof of concept. Back to formula? Back, back to, to formula. Back to formula. No, it's funny because nothing else is really like this but i think the thing that everything cribbed from this is oh we don't have to be embarrassed we can do the faithful version of it. you try to represent what the comic actually is and work as many of the true details is I mean, when you're reading those fucking pitches of like the different developed versions right. there's like the 1984 version of the movie was like a guy gets bit by a spider and he turns into a spider he turns into a tarantula yeah. right like yes, they wanted yes. spider-man as a movie to be the fly right the the, the their sort of initial idea of maybe toby hooper directs it right. will make it for 10 20 million dollars yeah. right you know yeah i mean the, it's the, just a sign of how these things right. changed in the the eyes of hollywood where it's not crappy genre pictures it's it's going to be a marquee movie and look, it's going to have a soundtrack that we should briefly discuss yeah, let's just where, talk about it. 
you know, music I mean. from and inspired by. Now, what's interesting about this is almost none of these songs are from the movie. Yeah, so, hero does hero play over the credits and credits and yeah. credits? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think the only other song that was written for this, or at least was unique to this, was the Sum Forty One song, the, the What We're All what About. What We're All About, right? Which had that had a Spider Man video as well. Um, but like the other ten tracks, did they, you like Sum Forty One, Ben? Did you think they were all killer, no filler? Yeah. <laughs> I saw right through I must have seen it's the music funny. video for Fat Lip 4 million. It was always on MTV or whatever. I'm just putting yeah, together yeah. now that Avril Lavigne married both of these guys. Chad Kroger and... Uh, Derek Wibley. Derek Wibley. Yeah. Yeah. Der- Derek Wibley. She must have fucking loved this album. She just... Well, because well, now she's going to marry... Uh, Julian Casablancas or um, uh, the guy from what? Alien Ant Farm. <laughs> right. Yeah, the guy from Alien Ant Farm. She's going to marry him. She's going to go down the list. This is what I find funny about the soundtrack is that they claim it's music from and inspired by, which was a trick that these soundtracks were doing all the time now where it's like Batman was like, we're going to have a Seal track and a U2 track and a Smashing Pumpkins track and maybe not all of them are in the movie, right? This, they had like two songs that were for the movie and then they just picked 10 songs that were right. big in like indie rock. Because there's a hive song. That that's has just already right. come out in other albums. Right. They're just right. songs. It's just we, a mixtape. But as we were saying before we were recording, it's like, thank God that they didn't try to shove yeah, these songs. They insulate no. the movie from Can you it? read the yeah. full list quickly? Uh, we've got a uh, theme from Spider-Man classic. Yeah. Uh, that's right. The yeah. cartoon show theme song. Hero by Chad Kroger featuring Josie Scott. Mm-hmm. Josie Scott from uh, the band Saliva. Correct. I just um, like that it's also not a Nickelback song. It's like we picked two guys from different bands. Well, because the Nickelback guys did not want to be a part of this. Yeah. They were embarrassed by it. Yep. Nickelback Insane. was embarrassed. Saliva. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what We're All About by Sum 41 featuring Carrie King from Slayer. Oh. Learn to Crawl by Black Lab. Right. I think no. they picked that because it has crawl in the crawl. I was sure. Say Somebody crawl. Else by Blue. Mm-hmm. Blue. Blue. Uh, Bug Bites by Alien Ant Farm. This was Bug, right. They Bug just bites. anything that had a buzzword. Yeah. Something called Blind by a Canadian rock band called Default. Okay. Uh, something called Bother by Corey Taylor, who mm-hmm. is uh, from Slipknot. Okay. Uh, Shelter from Green Wheel. I truly don't know what some of this is. Then yeah. when it started by The Strokes, which was the it's so bizarre. The, the 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 it's the song that's not on Is This It, but then got put on Is This It when they took out New York City cops post nine eleven. Yes, it was on the American version, David. Yeah, it's not on the British version, uh, which is the one I owned, which is but also the one that has the, this is Spinal the Tap. The uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't understand. Hate to say I told you so by the hives, which is truly songs. just like a rock song of the moment. Yes, like, yeah. yeah, right. All these songs were like in circulation. Uh, Invisible yeah. Man by Theory of a Dead Man. So many Canadian bands. Yeah. Pete Yorn's Undercover. So bizarre. Well, there's a lot of Chad Kroger credits. If you look at the... Yeah, oh, you're right. He you're wrote right. a lot of these songs. He wrote he's Invisible Man. produced a lot of these Maybe. songs. So he's kind it of the mogul. It was just a Chad produced... Yeah. Mixed. He's get, get your guys in here, yeah. Chad. We need 21 tracks. So Yeah, yeah they must have uh, just said, bring in who, are, who you got. Who else got, do you have? Of course, Macy Gray performing My Nutmeg Fantasy, which with, I guess uh, is... Tom awesome. Morello. Uh, with Tom Morello. So, uh, Angie so Stone and yeah. Moe's Deaf. I, I just remember even when they announced like the, and then the Injected, mm-hmm. a band called Injected had a song. When they announced the Garfield reboot, and people were like, they're rebooting already? It just happened. And I'm like, the first Spider-Man movie has Macy Gray yeah, doing a concert. It wasn't it's a just... little, <laughs> enough has changed culturally. You can reboot this. Yeah. Um, and then theme from Spider-Man by Aerosmith. What's going on there? Uh, it's just Aerosmith doing a cover of the cartoon Spider-Man theme. And of course, as a tribute to this film, lyrics? Yeah, it's a good Spider Man. It's it's like Steven Tyler singing it does whatever a spider can. Okay. Oh. Uh, as a tribute wow, to this cool. film, Weird yeah. Al on his 
album Poodle Hat mm-hmm. as the song Ode to a Superhero, uh-huh. where he recites the plot of this film to the tune of Piano Man. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Just um, this, though, we were listening before you got here, Griffin, to some of this album, mm-hmm. and it's truly some of the worst music. It's terrible. It's I remember tough. having it. Uh, I had the album with the lenticular cover, and I was like, we gotta have the Spider Man soundtrack. And then the only thing I ever listened to was. The two tracks of Elfman's score, right, right, at and the at end. some point I found out, like, oh, I could just buy. That. You can, you can get that. I right. don't need this fucking it's also dumb mix CD. Yeah, I'll just listen to the whole score. Now, it really puts you right back into 2002 when you put it on. It was like, wow, I am it's, right back. Yeah, working at a comic book store, and and then I mean, we'll we'll talk about, it, but oh, like, dude. album two is mostly emo. It's got the dashboard confessional song, and album right, three, right. the single is Snow Patrol, and it's very indie rock, and apparently. Kirsten Dunst had more of a hand in it. It includes hey. a, a Coconut Records uh, a song by Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Anyway. The other thing we have to mention is that this film uh, opened to $114 million. I mean, and historic. It was the first week. over 100, right? Which yes. I think nerds like us were just like, can it, it ever it happen? It can't be done. People thought Harry well, Potter might obviously James it. Cameron's Aquaman beat this number a couple years later. <laughs> but later. Later. And uh, um, it's within the entourage universe. No, but I remember the whispers of people being like, is fucking Harry Potter going to make $100 million? Right, and it made like and, 90-something or whatever. Right, and yeah. then we all went, I guess it's mathematically right, impossible. it can't be done. I guess if it couldn't be done. And the fact that it not only did it, but it did it with like 14.7? Uh, $114.8 million. Okay. Uh, a uh, per screen average of thirty one thousand dollars, which is man. very high for a movie. Yeah. On three, yeah, no, it was just it changed degrees. everything. It changed how much money a movie could make. Yeah, it changed uh, how uh, little embarrassment you need to have over the thing you were adapting. Made eight hundred twenty one million dollars globally. Uh, there was no shame in uh, being an actor and doing a thing like this. Eight twenty one would be a very healthy total worldwide now. Today, from, yeah, I mean, and yeah, this is yeah. uh, this is obviously twenty. I mean, hundred even the opening weekend would be a would great be great. Number now. People, I mean, gr- fucking Dumbledore's mystery yeah, I mean, barely like barely crawled to forty. There yeah. was that funny thing for so long where it was like Titanic was six hundred. And then through multiple releases, like E.T. and original Star Wars were both in the 400 range. This movie did like 400 on the nugget. Yeah, no movie could get to 500. No. It was Dark Knight, right? Was Dark Knight finally did like yeah. 520 or 540 yeah, or whatever. 500 something, yeah. And petered out, but there was like a run. Yeah, this was the biggest movie in a very long time. But what was the second biggest movie of this weekend, Griffin, at the box office? Okay, it's a great question. Now, I know Insomnia is in this five, or does that come out the Attack of the Clones weekend? Yeah, it's not in. Insomnia okay. is not okay. in this Okay, five. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Number two at the box office had been number one for the previous two weeks. And it's a film we've covered on this podcast on Patreon. It's a Patreon movie that we've covered in the year 2002. Speaking of Bonesaw McGraw, this film also features a wrestler. It's the Scorpion King? It's the Scorpion oh. King. Spider-Man, Scorpion King was pretty sure he was going to get a third week at number one, but Spider-Man yeah. knocked him off. Yeah. You're like, what do you think we're going to do in our weekend? 600 times? Uh, the Scorpion King. Did you yep. see the Scorpion King in theaters? Oh, absolutely. I saw the Scorpion Chuck King. Chuck Russell film? Yes, I definitely saw it in the theater for sure. Yeah, Scorpion King's in it. He is. He is in it above the title. Yeah, Uh, Grant Heslov also in it, of course. Of course. Um, Number three at the box office is a well done adult drama, and we probably discussed some of these on our Scorpion King episode. Yeah, it's a well done adult drama. It's chasing lanes. It's changing. Changes. Of course, Ben Affleck and Samuel L. Jackson getting a traffic accident. 
That's a movie. Is Amanda That's Pete? a summer movie. Yeah, Pete's in it, right? Yeah. Are we in the Pete zone with I that one? Pete. Pete Tony Pitch. Collette? Okay. Sydney Pollack. Pollack. Yeah. William Hurt. Yeah. Richard Jenkins. Dylan Baker. I'm going and I'm seeing names. I bet Sydney Pollack is weary and gives some tough lessons that he people don't want to hear. I saw it in theaters and liked it. I was 16 yeah, years old. Roger like, Michelle. This is the kind of stuff. This one I did not see in theaters. Oh. Fair enough. I saw The Scorpion King. Yeah. Did, did you see Lane. the hit murder mystery that's number four, but not a hit, actually? Murder by Numbers? Murder by Numbers with Sandra Bullock, Ryan Gosling. I they don't think it. I've ever seen Murder by Numbers. It's not that good, but it's okay. It's not accurate or that no, good? That good. Okay. Not I, that good. Complain about okay. being inaccurate. I don't think it's accurate either. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's not <laughs> medically accurate anyway. I just anyway. think it's a weird... <laughs> uh, um, 100%. Murder by Numbers. Have you seen Murder by No, I haven't. I, my main knowledge of it is just that we, we, weirdly Bullock and Gosling dated after that movie. Right. Even though she's quite a bit older than him. That's not what I think is weird. I Don't you put support that, that judgment on me. You support me. that. That's um, your own opinion. Yeah. Number five of the box he was very young at the is is a he was yeah is a, a basically forgotten romantic dramedy starring a very major actor who's not yet she's not yet uh, super famous. Well, actually, yes, she is. She's an Academy Award winning actress. <laughs> what she is that makes her pretty famous. She is famous. I forgot that this is two thousand two. Yeah. She's won her Oscar. She's won her Oscar. It's not Halle Berry. It's not Gwyneth Paltrow. No. She won, she won a supporting actress Oscar. Is it Life or Something Like It? It's Life or Something oh Like gosh. It. Yes. With Ed Burns, Tony Shalhoub, yes. and of course, Angelina Jolie. Never seen it. And Don't know. It's one of those movies with a title where you're like, what the fuck movie. is this about? That yeah. no longer exists. I believe she's a, uh, she's a, a TV reporter yes. who doesn't care about other people. And she's mean to a homeless man played by Tony Shalhoub. And he's like, I place a curse upon He's you. He's a prophet. Dead yes. in 24 right. hours. And it's how do I spend my last 24 hours? Right. But the big thing was her being blonde. She's blonde. She's yeah. got kind of like a Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe hair yeah. too. I can yes. sort of visualize. Um, yeah. Other movies in the top 10. The Rookie. Dennis Quaid pitches. Brian Cox. Good movie. Grovels. Uh, a new release. Deuces Wild. Oh, yeah. Don't know what that is. Franco. What is that? Uh, all the young Franco playing Renfro, <laughs> yes. Right. Um, Stephen Dorff, Stephen Dorff thing. Yeah, Furlong is Furlong in that? Frankie Muniz is a character called yep. Scooch. Yeah, he's the kid. Balthazar Getty. <laughs> yep, all yeah. these guys. Number eight, uh, an animated film that I went to see to see a specific trailer. This is in Britain. Remember, I believe the trailer was attached to something else in America. Huh? Was it? It, it you went to see a specific trailer? Yeah, oh, I took my brother trailer? to see it. Nope. It wasn't Attack of the Clones trailer. It was the Attack of the Clones trailer. That's why in was Britain, it, Ice Age? it was attached to Ice Age. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking like Fox, odd, right? Odd. Ice Age still hanging in there. And David, can you scroll down and tell me what uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding is doing this weekend? This would have been My Big Fat Greek weekend. Wedding is in week three and has made $2.5 million. Everyone's happy. People cannot believe how well this movie has done. Uh, you've also got Jason X. Yes. Uh, an underrated film, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you feel about Jason X, Matt. I've read your Friday the 13th list, like but Jason I can't remember it offhand. Yeah. I feel like you've done one. I definitely yeah, have yeah. done one. I mean, I think we agree that six is really good. Six is the, is the, is the is really the, fun one. Is the mm -hmm. filet of the Friday franchise. Um, I agree. Uh, Panic Room, of course. What Fincher actually does. Yes. Of, well, I was going to uh, say. Yes, yeah, that's right. actual 2002 movie. Different David right. Cap Sony. And then uh, yeah. opening this week to Rex Reed's Eternal Delight, Hollywood ending <laughs> at number 11. <laughs> um, yeah, those are the... You got the sweetest thing. Remember mm. the sweetest thing? Yeah, I'll they sing say, a penis I, song. Well, I that gave one. that a spin recently. 
Oh, did you? You went for the ultimate spin? <laughs> no. <laughs> no bueno. No, not a good movie. No, though. no. Because that's one of those things where people were like, are we ready for a female-driven raunchy comedy? Right, when it and bombed, we were not. It was like, you cannot have women do dirty things. In right, they can't talk about it. And dicks. I was like, I'd like to watch this in a post-bridesmaids uh, right, landscape right, right. and see if this holds up. And it's like, no, this bombed because it was bad. It was you, bad. It's a very bad movie. Bad, unfunny, and unpleasant. You can't yeah. just have women be dirty and be like, we did it. Like, I have no further work. You, it doesn't have to be well no, written. And it's, like, it's in that post Fairly Brothers funny. American Pie thing where it truly feels like they have 15 scientists going like, what are things? Sex organs, bodily fluids. What are things that could happen? Weirdest like, thing about the strangest. She's got the a tongue stud, and she gives a guy blowjob. There's a blowjob the, thing. The, the right. dick gets caught on yeah. the piercing, and yes. you're like, this all is. It, but that's the whole post American Pie. They were like, can we reverse engineer this is what I'm scenes? Saying. Yeah. Yes, it's all yeah. that, and none of them really make sense. Uh, based on the life of Kate Walsh, the actress. Right, and the, Nancy the, Pimento who co-wrote who, it. Pimento, who was yeah. Jimmy Kimmel's. Win Ben Stein money replacement. Everyone thought it was going to be a hot screenwriter. She was like, I'm just going to write a movie about me and Kate Walsh hitting the bars. Going out. And, and, yeah. and they were like, it's all right. I, it's, look, it's I a go picture to love that movie. Yeah. I would, I would enjoy the shit out of it. If it were even half good and it is uncomfortable. To Named after a U2 song. Yeah. That's another thing. The Why? title doesn't fit. Yeah. Thomas Jane and Jason Bateman are the guys in it. I'll yeah. watch it someday. Yeah. Roger Cumble picture. Right. Well, so I kind of, I mean, I like just friends. That's, I think that's the other I like cruel intention. Ah, okay. Yeah. What's three up? Hours. Okay. Yeah. We're done. We're done. We're done. Great. We're done. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Just do Bonesaw one more time. Yeah. Let's go out on Bonesaw. But we hey, should thank buddy, our guests. I got you for three seconds. Minutes. You're going nowhere. <laughs> three minutes. I just like when he does the you're going nowhere, he like looks around both <laughs> It just sides. feels like he's not real. Like he can't no. move and annoy. Like he's an action figure yeah. or something. Right. He's got limited points of art. <laughs> right. his, hair, his hair is magnificent. Everything though. about him is incredible. Uh, <laughs> Matt, as, as the person who wrote the book on Spider-Man, are there any final thoughts? Any things you think this movie does well or that since you will not be on our sequel episodes, uh, you mm. want to say about the rest of the franchise. Yeah, how do you feel about three these days? You know, I I think that three has a little bit of a bad rap. I'll be looking forward to hearing I what agree. you guys have I to th say. I think we all I don't agree. think it's, I mean, it's obviously the it's worst messier. of the three. Right. Yeah. Right. It's very messy, but right. it has a lot, I think it has a lot of things to like about it. So. I, look, what I said to David, and I haven't rewatched it in full in a very long time, but yeah. what I said was like, it still has that thing where like when you're watching a shitty MGM Golden Age Minnelli or Donnan movie, where you're just like, it's got sequences that are as good as what anyone can make, even if the whole thing doesn't fucking hang together. Totally. And you can feel all the studio. Maybe not the ultimate spin. Maybe not ultimate. But it's, it's still close. a spin. It takes you on a spin. Right. David exhaling loudly. Well, I'm ordering myself some lunch. Or, right. I, you know, I have another podcast I have to do. It's you have another good. podcast to do? Yeah. I mean, you know, I've had a long week, guys. I know no one, this is coming out in a month or whatever, but. Just for the listeners. This story, I had a long way, week. Not for the faint of heart. It, it's, not oh, David's week for, has not the, been for the faint, faint of, of heart. heart. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. We're all done, though. Where are you going to get lunch? What are you doing for lunch? I'm going to pick up a sandwich on my way home. What kind? Probably a bag levo. Probably oh, an man, Anthony and I was going to suggest that we go to that new place. Or that place I can't, where, can't today. Maybe. Right. Another maybe. time. It's yeah. David, you're going to love it. I'm excited. What's the place called? Oh, you don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. He doesn't want to. I don't want to blow up its spot. It's too good. Right. But we'll take it for an ultimate spin sometimes. Matt. People should buy your Spider-Man. Sure, absolutely. From amazing what else, to spectacular. Yeah. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, yeah. I mean, the Screen Crush is the website I work for. Absolutely. 
that's I mean that's about it. You're yeah, working this, on something. I'm working but you on can't a new talk book. About it. I mean, I can talk about oh. it if you really want no, to talk about it. You know, it's just you, it's, it's you still a ways a book off. on Venom. I wish. I would. Be I cool. wish I was. He's got a bad attitude. Yeah. But I like I'm working it. on a book about the other great odd couple of our time, which is Siskel and Ebert, not Venom, oh, that not Venom and Eddie, not Venom and Eddie Brock. Very Siskel up Griffin Street. I would yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I was going to say, I feel on. like this movie didn't have the same level of like insane Franken foods that you so oh, it's, often write. You know, about. it's funny that there you were meant, the Pop Tarts, which were actually. Really I was just good. about to say, I loved. Spider-Man Pop-Tart. Wildberry Pop-Tarts. No one was paying me to eat or Spider-Berry, that. whatever. Spidey, Spidey-Berry. Spidey-Berry. Frosted Spidey-Berry. Right, and they had little like sort of spider-shaped parallels on the way. They were webs. red they pastry were with yeah. blue frosting with gray right. webs. They were delicious. They were phenomenal. And I even think they brought them back for the first Garfield, but they should bring them back now. I think they have brought them back, but they didn't make them look as ridiculous. Yes. They were literally sort of an ecto cooler thing. Right. You immediately right. get purple diarrhea after ingesting one. No, I don't. They were though good. They, they were good. They weren't a problem. They were so good that when I sent <laughs> they weren't a problem. <laughs> Those no weird. No one was diarrhea. no one was forcing me to eat these right. terrible things for you know people's amusement at this point. Right. This was my just doing it because they tasted good. There was and a, I love Spider Man. Uh, a cereal that I remember being exactly the same as Honeycombs. I like never little had the cereal. Yeah. I remember what I remember is when the when the when I sensed that it was like a month or two out from Spider the movie, Spider. I was like, "We're gonna, they're gonna get rid of these Spidey Berry." Yeah. I, so I, you you stockpiled. I, bought, them. I yeah. literally went to the store and bought every box and then yeah. like savored them over a period Man. of a couple of months. There was a fucking Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice cereal that was like uh, the Batman one was like strawberry peanut butter or something. And after that movie underperformed, I went to a dollar store and bought like you got to clear out. It yeah. was fucking good. Yeah, I wish I had some right now. It tastes like peanut butter and justice. It was like no, it tasted cereal. like justice. The dawning. <laughs> well, it did. I the would dawning love some, of justice. Well, at the dawn, I wake up in the morning. <laughs> I would love myself. some Spidey Berry Pop-Tarts right now. Bring that it back. That would be great. Bring it back. Yeah, bring them back. Um, Matt, thank you for being here. My pleasure. And thank you all Long for listening. Overdue, Long return. overdue. Long overdue. You, I mean, it is one of those things. Look, this was a perfect movie to bring you back for, but sometimes we look at the books and we're like, Planet of the Apes five <laughs> years ago? What the fuck We're are we sorry. doing? Four years, whatever it's been. I don't know. Time doesn't make sense anymore. Thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty for our social media and helping make the podcast in a bunch of other ways. Show Bone, Pat Rounds for our artwork. Lane Montgomery, the Great American Owl for our theme song. JJ Birch and Nick Lariano for research. AJ McKee and Alec Barron for editing. I think that's everybody. Go to blankcheckpod.com for links to a lot of nerdy shit. You can go to patreon.com slash blank check where we are now done with the matrix and we're doing hashtag not all Batman, all the Batman movies we haven't covered before, i.e. the ones not directed by Tim Burton and Christopher Nolan. Tune in next week for, let me check my notes here, Speederman 2. Still for my money, the best superhero movie ever. I'm excited to rewatch it. And as always... If someone told you this was an ordinary podcast, they would. <laughs> <laughs>